0: everybody to the Tuesday Show. My name is James
1: Chen and this is Mr. Ultra David. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My name is Ultra <laughs> David. I'm happy to be over here as always. Just as you were about to say, the thing is that I saw you starting up to say those awards live, because I can definitely see you live. You're sitting there right next to mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. and everything that you do is just like it was happening in front of me, because it is.
0: It is. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. It is. So... <laughs> in this direction, I'm pretty sure, is the right one. Uh, so we're going to be talking about some things that happened over this past week. It's not like a super news-heavy week, yeah. to be yeah. fair. <laughs> but some stuff did happen nevertheless, so uh, as, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're definitely in the same room. Uh, we're going to be talking about results, including the CPT-NAEs, Animovo, a few other things happened as well. We're going to be talking about the Arxis uh, Guilty Gear Strive Developers Backyard Q&A. Yeah. we got some fun 5-5 five, five matchup topics to discuss. There is some other game news. There is some other community news. But yeah, let's start with results.
0: Sure. And just, you know, of course, just a question for everybody. How's the volume? I see someone says that there might be a little bit of crackling in there, but then also just volume levels of everybody, just making sure, because it's always a... Always a fun challenge here on, on streaming, I should say, with audio. But uh,
1: I have not actually gotten a haircut. I've just figured out how to wear my hair with this thing, with the headset on, in such a way that it kind of looks like I have had a haircut.
0: Yeah, but I know, because like that's that's I interesting. Haven't. It almost looks like it. I've, uh, if I had, <laughs> if I had a hair tie. I actually think I would have put my head into the samurai stuff for this show here. I think I probably would have done the samurai look for it, but I, ha- I do not actually have hair ties. That is not something that I have regularly available in my house.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, we got plenty of hair ties, and I'm going to learn how to do that soon. Yeah. All, All right. right. Let's talk about tournament results. I feel like it's been half a year. Since we started a show by talking about tournament results, we have occasionally talked about tournament results, but there hasn't been anything that's like important enough for us to be like, guess what the results were in. <laughs> and probably Evo Japan. Probably right? Japan. Yeah.
0: I mean, to be fair, even this week, probably uh, if there was something else bigger to talk about, we probably would have started with that too. That but uh, yeah. Yeah. But you know.
1: The sub is wild. Yeah. I mean, look as we said not the biggest news heavy week but there was some stuff and the CPT NA East number 2 was part of it. Right. So be- of course the Capcom Pro Tour this year for Street Fighter 5 is being run in the way that everything has to be run which is internet only and to make it into Capcom Cup you have to just win an event outright. Yeah. There's no points uh, well I guess there's also like a fan voting thing but in general you make it in just by straight up winning a tournament. And this one was full of top players, you know, who's in the eastern half of yeah. NA for Street Fighter V. Like, even as somebody who lives in the west, probably most of the best players
0: are... <laughs> well, not anymore. The- not anymore, actually. Because remember, a lot of the East Coast players have moved to what the west. Punk,
1: specifically Punk and Nephew moved here? Yeah,
0: right? uh-huh, exactly. <laughs>
1: But, yeah. I mean,
0: yeah. keep in mind as well that CPT, NA West, and NA East, there's only the two of them. So this was it for the East Coast guys, right? Like, this was it for them. Either they make it in now or they don't. The first one was won by uh, Mandrake, wasn't it? Or... It was. Yeah, yep. Mandrake won that one, and so here in uh, CPT NA East 2, this is the last chance for players like uh, uh, like uh, Shine, uh, you know, like uh, Smug, to be able to get yep. into the CPT, so.
1: <clears throat> that is for sure, and before we go over the results, I just wanted to say, uh, it was my first time doing CPT commentary this year, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah! I've been... I've been playing and watching so much Street Fighter V this year, so <laughs> I was really happy to be able to commentate it. I feel like this year, in particular since Honda came out, is probably the most that I've played Street Fighter V. Dude. I've enjoyed the game a lot since Season 3. I, th- You know, as we've often said, I think that in Arcade Edition is when it actually became like a really good game that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. So I have been playing it since then, but yeah, since the- since this man came out, I've been playing a lot.
0: Dude, a lot. look, so I'm Finding the character is so important. I mean, that's like a 5 5 topic all in itself, right? I mean, yeah. for me, could I have ever made Diamond without Lucia? Probably not. I mean, I could have done it with Cami. It's just that my drive and my interest and my enjoyment was just not high enough to motivate me. <laughs> yeah. To get to that point but i mean that one uh season of character releases was like a boon for the both of us <laughs> it, definitely <You> know? <laughs> was.
1: it definitely was so it was really fun to do street fighter commentary again it in st cola dude st cola Also, Good. yeah st cola was on commentary with me and that was great it was his first time doing the cpt he has been commentating things online for the past while yeah but this was his first uh well not just online but you know that's what we've all been doing um it was his first time doing CPT, and so he was nervous. He mentioned to me before we started. Yeah. And, you know, I could tell. Yeah, yeah. And of then course, in yeah. our very first match, we were watching it via our individual Street Fighter Five clients, right? We were all in the lobby. Uh-huh. And my client, I could tell, was way behind. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I would say yeah. something, and then he would say something, and it was like ten seconds ahead.
0: Right. Like five yeah. yeah. At, you know?
1: So at that point, I was like, "Well, I shouldn't be doing the like live." play-by-play anymore. Maybe I could, like, add on to something that he says. right? Or maybe I could, like, give, like, some generic thing in between rounds. But, like, I can't do the live stuff until he goes back to the lobby and it resets. So his, like, first match on CPT commentary was me, like, not really talking. And (laughs) he just had to kind of do it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> You're like, you have to do everything. ha uh-huh. Welcome to CPT
1: commentary. <laughs> I can't even tell him. I can't even say it. On, I mean, I didn't right. want to say it on the air. I didn't want to be like, hey, I'm like way behind. It's, this is all on you. I just had to hope that he would do it. And he did. Yeah. And he did. So I, I think that he did a good job. Yeah. I, I thought it was great. I mean, I
0: honestly, what I've discovered from doing the, the CPT online is that On the Zoom call, you can see their broadcast over there, and then you can also have your own Street Fighter window. And I actually commentate the one, I actually look at both of them and see which one's further ahead and commentate on that one. Ah, Wow. It's really weird because sometimes the Zoom call will actually be faster. Than the than the Street Fighter game, and so I'll actually I'll always keep watching them until the Street Fighter one is on time, and then I can jump to that one because it's obviously better frame rate and everything like that too. So I like that. That's a good. (laughs) And there's a lot of times. I mean, I'll do that on commentary. I'll just be commentating, and I'm like. I'm behind. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, I'll just say it. I don't care because it's online these days. Everybody knows it's kind of a, a cluster, you know.
1: <laughs> these well, days. I'm willing to say that I think that there was bad connections online. I yeah. mean, on the commentary, I did say that a couple of times that I felt there were some matches, especially in the top 16, where I was like, you know, I I didn't I didn't want to let it go. I didn't I didn't want. Everybody knew it was up. Like right, yeah, yeah. know like everybody yeah. knows the game at home is watching and they could they could also be like, Why is it that this one of the best players in the world player did something really, really dumb? Right why why did Because on their side I'm sure they got rollbacked, you yeah. know, so I mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I,
0: I I definitely because like the one time Punk was playing against Myers I was like these are some very uncharacteristic drops from Punk. right I remember yeah. that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: it's better to just bring it up. You don't have to be a jerk about it on commentary, but it's better not to ignore yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So, anyway, uh let's get to the results if there's something else to say about this bringing it up.
0: No, go for it. Let's talk about cool. this. This is All exciting. All right,
1: here's who qualified for the Capcom Cup along with Mandrake from the East. It was Rise Smug who played yeah. primarily Balrog. He played a little bit of G, mostly the boxer. Second place was END Shine, Ibuki, and Jury. In exactly the same place for the purposes of the CPT, CJ Truth with Cami. Also tied at zero points was Cleo Knuckledew with Guile, G, and Cami. Tied as well in fifth place were Dan Slip Cami and Terrence chun Lee, And then tied as well were Crescent Rob TV, Karen, Guile, and Chun. And Brutus with Zangief and Abigail. Uh, tied with second place at seventh place. Yeah,
0: I mean, this is where this format just becomes so brutal. It's brutal. Um, brutal, because like... I'm so happy, Smug One. I'm I'm just gonna come right out and yeah. say it. Like I'm so happy that Smug One. But as happy as I am that Smug One, I might be equally as sad that Shine is not in the t- in the CPT mm-hmm. because I've been such a huge fan of Shine for a while now, and especially because right. you know he also plays the Lucia. So there's a little <laughs> bit of bias yeah. there and everything. But also. Man's been putting in the work. He's been winning so many of the NLBCs, you know, and doing well. I mean, obviously, Idom has been a thorn in everybody's side in the NLBC, but, like, Shine is just such a solid player. He's so good. He absolutely deserves to be in that CPT, and he would be in CPT this year, I truly believe, if this was a normal year just from getting points, going to tournaments and stuff like that. So... Oh man, it's 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 hard. Like, you know, like I, I'm watching the grand finals, you know, and it's like smug and shine and you're like, Smug is winning and I'm like, Yes and then Shine is winning and I'm like, Yes and then you yeah. know Smug wins and I'm like, Yes And then I look at Shine and I'm like No <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, it's so hard. Well, dude. I
1: would have been really happy with anybody in the top four. I mean they're all all these players are cool. I like them all personally and I'm rooting for them always. Yeah, of course. I think those top four, smug, shine, CJ Truth and Luckle would have been fantastic. Regardless, yeah. Small making it back into Capcom Cup's great. Shine getting there for the first time would have been fantastic. CJ Truth getting there would have been great. He is the only player to have made top eight in both of these NA Easts. He really? made top eight I get place Dang. at the previous one. Okay. So if this was a regular year and there were points on the line instead, he's clearly showing consistency even on the <laughs> internet. He probably would have a great shot at making it into yeah. Capcom Cup. And then Knuckle considering what he's been through this year. With the car accident, you know, he's talked about mental health struggles on Twitter.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: For him to have made it in, I think would have been great. By the way, I think that we all kind of overread the tweet that he put out in retrospect. If you look at it, it's not him saying that he was going to quit and retire forever. Uh-huh. He doesn't say that in the, in the tweet. I think we just read that into it. And I <laughs> kind of, no, I'm not really sure why. But I think we all did. I remember us talking about it. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, it really. Now looks more like it's just him saying, like, "I gotta take a break." Like, I'll, you know, he's not—he doesn't say I'll be back, but it's—he also doesn't say I'm gone forever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was really glad to see that he was in here and doing as well as. He because did. I
0: mean, he—the tweet was saying like, "It's time to put down the controller" or something like that, yeah. you know. And it's like, it sounds that way, right? So I don't yeah. know. Maybe we're all just. Uh, too conditioned to feel that way thanks to PR Balrog or something because, you know, we've heard heard it so many times from him. (laughs) I love you, Eduardo. (laughs) I will always make fun of that forever.
1: (laughs) It was really good, really good uh, top 8, even the top 16 was cool. Yeah, it was fun, it was fun. Uh, There were a couple camis, there were a couple of guiles. I thought that was interesting, that was of note to me. But CJ Truth's like those those two camis are so different. CJ Truth is the most fundamentally solid reactionary player. Maybe I'm certainly in NA right now I would say. Yeah. But maybe in the world. Like if you just if you watch how he reacts, it's so maybe other than Punk, I don't know. Anyway, there's a short right. list that he's on, right? There's not many people who who can do the same kind of thing that he yeah. does. So he plays that kind of cami. And then Dance Lip is out here B skilling and ES and <laughs> Going for hooligan grab, like they're just completely different right. players with that character. So I actually thought that was cool because I think typically that's not a character that's easy to have your own personality with. Yeah, but there it is. They're they're doing it.
0: The t- two things I want to say. One is that the word that I describe C J. True's cami is explosive because that's just how it feels, right? It's just like let me die let me hooligan dive kick. Oh, you jump back, I'll uppercut you, you know. And it's just like oh right. my god, you just things just happen with his uh with his cami, and it's just. Like I said, like every time I see him play Cami, it feels like every time she hits you, there's explosions on the screen because it's just like it's so yeah, precise and, and it's just out of nowhere so many times. So uh, the other thing I, forget. the only thing I I, I do want to address is that Felipe in the chat says that he made a question in Best of Five. Don't you think that that cash, there should be cash prizes? to the top eight players in online CPT? The answer is yes, but obviously, and you can speak to this probably better, legally there cannot be, right? Because some states do not allow for that kind of thing, only if they have the sponsors, if they can get the
1: sponsor not, prize Not exactly. Pool, not right? exactly. So you can't have a normal structure of entry fee right. and payout out from that same prize pool. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. there has to be some disconnect there. Right. And so, if there were to be no pay in, then yeah, you could get a payout because it's not like it's not considered gambling. There's you not. There's nothing on the line, right? Mm-hmm. You could just win or not. So in that case, yeah. But where does that money come from in that case? Right. You know, Capcom has to front up all that money, or whatever partners they have have to front all that money instead. And that's harder to do, I'm sure, especially at this time. So it yeah. would be great. It would be great for sure. But it's also I imagine not easy to actually make happen.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, honestly, the... I mean, I don't know. Does it feel like the online events? I mean, I saw that the, uh, the this East tournament got up to about like 25,000 viewers or something like that, which is yeah, pretty good for an online event, but I mean, is that comparable to the offline events? I I can't even remember anymore, you know, like Ooh,
1: man, I don't know, you know who knows. <laughs> a time in my life that's so long ago now.
0: Right. I, I mean, think
1: I think offline ones got a lot more than that. Yeah, though.
0: I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, so who
1: even knows at this point?
0: It's hard to say like, hey, sponsor this event for look at this considerably smaller amount of viewers you know kind of thing yeah. so uh, yeah. big offline is up around 60 to 70 thousand yeah that makes sense that I makes think sense.
1: that's pretty rare but that, yeah. that does happen sometimes for sure yeah so it's uh, kind of yeah.
0: it's it's a little bit tough it's it's tough to get that kind of prize money for tough.
1: the situation it is so, tough. by yeah. the way horse wax I agree CJ did remind me of Xiao Hai as well
0: oh ah, yeah true. that's a good call prime Xiao Hai yeah, yeah, yeah. that's
1: a great analogy I thought this was interesting. Uh, I know you're not a big fan, but every once in a while event hubs will do like a combination of uh, which characters made it in top 64 of whichever oh, yeah, tournament. okay, okay. And I did that for this one. And with 350 entrants in there, the top 64 character usage stats, Akuma was first with five. That's huh. maybe not a big surprise. But then second places tied were Kami and Chun-Li and Zangief and Dalsa. I mean, that, look. Those were tied for second with four. And then th- uh, the third place, tied for third place with three each were Yurian, okay, then Sagat, Vega, Ed, and Honda. I mean, look,
0: Akuma, everyone agrees, is a pretty S-tier character. And then you see the the second tied spot, Zangief, Chun-Li, Kami, Dalsam clearly all very a tier characters here as well you know high a tier maybe s minus characters we've seen <laughs> the too, ja- maybe. we've seen the japanese tierless zangief dalsam they're always up yep. there man they are Look, and maybe they're right i don't know i'm telling you right now especially for dalsam i think dalsam is criminally underrated by the dalsam community um, <laughs> i really uh, do the
1: dalsam community has been saying that he's like mid tier uh, <laughs> mid or A, some people will say. For, for a while,
0: I, I really do think. It, Dals- I don't think he
1: sucks anymore. I,
0: I don't think dolls. I think Dalsum is actually super strong. Just because he presents a different fight that you have to get used to compared to everybody else. You That's know what I mean? True. Uh, and Zangief kind of does that too. I don't think Zangief is a tier, <laughs> personally.
1: No,
0: just because uh, I also don't think he's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Zangief just has bad matchups, like really terrible matchups, and it's just, it Correct. sucks. One of them being Dalsome, right? I mean, we saw that on the West Coast plenty of time. Um,
1: right, exactly.
0: But, and I mean, have
1: other, other characters that many people think are top tier. Like, Seth only had two, Dictator only had two, mm. uh, Karen had one, Zeku mm. had one. Nobody mained Abigail or Colleen. They both had secondaries, but that's it. <laughs> and then zero people played Rashid. There were zero Rashids out of 64. That, that is weird. Is weird. <laughs> How about that, right? Look, right? I, anyway, I just think that this list is very yeah. interesting because it is not exactly what many of us think about the tier list. And, you know, real-world results are never like that. They're always a little different, but right. I think this is... I mean, more different than I might have expected.
0: One thing I do want to say, though, is that I have been of the opinion, which is, of course, completely backwards from my past past history and everything like that, but everybody who kept saying Cammie is not good anymore because her health is so low and her stun is so low and all this stuff, and I was like, no... I still think she's, like, almost S-tier character. And I've been saying that this whole time. Yeah, and everybody in the chat has always been like, no. But then whenever she shows up, everyone's like, God, I hate Cammy. Scammy, scammy, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, everyone talks about her and hates her and everything. And you have four Cammys. Dude, I still think this character is potentially, like top five, if not like six or seven or something like that. So I, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's so good. Because, she, like I said, when she gets you in the corner, it doesn't matter who you are anymore. You are the same character, and she will kill you no matter what. I mean, it's kind of true for a lot of characters, but I feel like Cami in particular, just because of her walk speed and the changing of her jump arcs and just having a DP and all this other stuff, I think she's so good. Oh, man.
1: I agree with you. By the way, people asking in the chat, there were two Fangs in Top 64. Nice,
0: nice. I mean, there, were right, there you go. two two Balrogs, one of them won. <laughs>
1: yeah, one, one winner. Yeah,
0: but, I mean, here's the thing, right? I mean, the one thing that you kind of have to look at this list, though, that, that, that that's kind of telling, though, is that outside of Cammy, probably, but, like, all the characters kind of up there are kind of fun characters to use. You know? I think Sagat, I like, even though Sagat isn't good, people just like playing him. There's just something satisfying about Sagat getting these Kara uppercuts and stuff and Vegas yeah. and Urien mix ups and Honda just, yeah. you know, handsing and butt slamming people all day. Uh oh, Dalsum. You know the Dalsum players love it when like Dalsum is one of those characters that when you get the thing that you wanna do with Dalsum, the adrenaline starts flowing, you know. It's yeah, he's just
1: super fun like
0: that. <laughs> you know, and Zangief, same thing. Once you get an EX SBD, you're like, here we go. <laughs> it's yep. like fun. So and Akuma, of course, he's just the you know, the, the Swiss army knife of characters, so he does whatever he wants. So Yeah, and
1: he, he's fun. He's a fun character. He's a top tier character with a ton of different options, so mm-hmm. that's great. Yep. That's great. Um, by the way, Bonechan thinks that Sagat is good. Oh,
0: does he actually say that? Okay, good. He actually thinks that Sagat is good. Because yeah. I, I, I also I think, think Sagat is criminally underrated as well. I understand he has problems and that he's not going to be top tier, but high mid probably because he's he causes some really frustrating matchups. The problem is he just has a bunch of matchups that he gets blown up in. In reverse, yeah, which is right. the
1: problem. So Yeah. Alrighty. Well, let's go on to the next one. Let's talk about the Animevo twenty twenty, which is now done. This was four weeks of tournaments, just in the same way that Evo was supposed to have been multiple weeks in a row right. of, you know, all the different games that were in there. This one had approximately two thousand different games in it. And it took four weeks to get through. That is now over. Uh, so, this last week had uh, Blaze Blue Central Fiction North America West Coast. That was won by Kyo Xchan with my Psychotic Carl, got second. Uh, Guilty Gear XX Accent Core Plus R was won by R.S. Ooh, nice. Okay. BBCF North America East Coast was won by Uri with Lychee. Melty Blood Actress Again Current Code in Brazil was won by Ether Shao with Yumizuka Satsuki Len. It's
0: really interesting. I just want to comment on this. Uh, The Guilty Gear Accent Core Plus R doesn't have an East-West Division. Does that mean they use the uh, fan-made rollback netcode version? I think it was... NA. Right, well it's NA, but still there's no East Coast versus West Coast, so I wonder did they actually use that? Oh no? Okay, so Kraken like says no, a, they did not. The track, oh okay, so, they oh. just they just use regular net play. Okay, okay. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. Uh, Eternal Fighter Zero is won by Gordian Bot with my Kawasumi. BBCF Europe was won by Ikea Oniro with Naoto. And second place was TF Frank Bottle with Tager an S. <laughs> and S. Million Arthur Arcana Blood it was won by The Joker Twenty Seven. And did I do this one last week? BB, yeah, and you're yeah, right. So BB tag was uh, last week for yeah. NA West, right? Yeah. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice. Okay. So that is now over. I'm sure that must have been a huge amount of work to do because, again, there were so many different games. There were many different games that were played in many different regions as well, and coordinating that must have been a lot of work, and you know finding streams for all of it must have been a lot of work. That just must have been a lot of work. So, hats off to everybody involved in that process.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, you know, one of those silver lining things of the of the uh, of the lockdown and the pandemic is really everybody kind of learning how to do this online, and you know, coming up with the right systems and. A lot of that credit honestly goes to Reddit Street Fighter because they were doing a lot of the online stuff first, right, and they put out the guides to do that. I know for our stuff, I've definitely used those guides to help set up uh, the online tournaments and such. So. But it's, it's really cool to be able to see the kind of talent and skill now that these guys, that people are using to do this, to actually run these kind of events online to this scale. I think that's really cool.
1: Right. Totally. All right, let's talk about the next one, which was what you did, the Autorama charity event. Yeah,
0: it was basically a CPT NA West run back. I mean, (laughs) like the top 12 that we commentated, so we commentated top 12, and I swear 11 or 10 of them were in the top 16 of NA West. Like it was just like the same exactly. people. It was just like all the yeah. same people. And again, oh, that's right. We probably should have uh, added this in here as well. Uh, Danny Pham and Punk and Justin all teamed up to do the Mario and Luigi uh, charity thing. And right. um, you know, uh, shout outs to Mario and Luigi. They raised over $10,000 for them to try to get them out of their current living situation. But both of them, you know, they're in the top 12 again. I mean, they they both lost in the first uh, matches that were on stream, so they, they got tied for 13th place. But, you know, I'm sorry, uh, tied for, shoot, how does this work again? <laughs> ninth place? They all tied for ninth place. Um, right. But, I mean, shout-outs to them. They're both such, such strong players, and they're always doing damage at these tournaments. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: So this was won by Punk. Mm-hmm. PG Punk got first place, second place was Samurai, third place was Mira, fourth place was Nephew, fifth were Stupendous and eight oh one strider, and seventh were Commander Jesse and Alex Myers. Yeah, I mean that's a great Dude, lineup, there's no doubt about that.
0: Shout outs to Mira, who double jeopardied nephew, the CPT champion. Okay. Yeah, she beat Nephew both times in winner's side and in loser side with some of the wildest like I'm just throwing outstanding heavy punch here. Like I'm minus two. But- Laura, mm-hmm. yeah, so she would just uh, throw outstanding heavy punches when she was like minus two or whatever, and they would crush counter and like all this stuff would going nuts. And then the crazy thing is that Samurai, I mean Samurai just completely like shut down what Mira wanted to do. It, it's crazy, like how yeah. much Samurai was able to, to, to shut that down. And then Punk just completely decimated Samurai, Three would him twice. All of it was double Jeopardy, by the way. Nephew lost twice to Mira. Mira lost twice to Samurai. And Samurai lost twice to Punk. And uh, it's crazy because people want to talk about that Punk-Samurai rivalry. But, you know, I know Punk is trash-talking in the past. But, you know, he definitely seems like he has the leg up on this. And not going to be much of a rivalry if Samurai can't avoid getting 3-0'd by uh, Punk Seth. So it was seth that he uh, that punk used for the majority of the tournament that's who punk
1: should play i know punk's been playing that character a lot and and online i think seth is the pick yeah i think that seth is better than karen anyway but i especially think that if you're trying to play the reactive style it's really hard online mm. and punk we saw cj truth do it they have both gotten good results with doing that but if you can avoid needing to do that like Play Seth. I think he's still so throwing. <laughs> That's actually a really good call just for the
0: environment right now. Like, if we were yeah. all offline, you could definitely be like, yeah, go ahead and play your Karen. But online right now, we are in a situation where, you know, you might want to avoid having to hit confirmed crouching medium kicks and such. So
1: I definitely think so. But it does seem like there is a dis- there's a separation yeah. between punk and samurai and everybody else yeah. on the West Coast. Well, like nephew maybe right there yeah no, no no
0: I say the three best on the west coast right now are punk nephew and samurai I, I really yeah, do that's believe probably, that
1: that's probably it that's mm. probably it and but it, it is really really cool to see Mira up here she's super strong
0: yeah by the way uh, interesting statistic from big four Lil as well in the in the, in the CPT East same thing Smug double jeopardy, shine shine double jeopardy, CJ and CJ double jeopardy, do. <laughs> right,
1: right. I didn't think about that. Huh. <laughs> so it
0: happened in both here. of these tournaments. That's crazy, That's dude. Here. But I mean, honestly, shout out to Adorama. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a charity stream. So everything in Macharino that was raised went to uh, students in like New York, just to help them, the 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 lesser fortunate students for uh, you know getting you know good proper equipment to do social distancing learning for school and stuff like that. And then their prizes that, you know, because Adorama apparently has a bunch of stuff. Like, during our broadcast, they got a million subscribers to their YouTube. They hit a million subscribers, which they've been putting on stuff for a long time for fighting game events, and people seemed excited that they're finally dipping into the fighting game community. Punk won a $3,000 laptop, dude. Like... <laughs> Wow. He won a $3,000 laptop, and I was just like, what do the commentators get, man? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I need a new computer, damn it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was pretty nice. The, the, the guys got hooked up. Yeah. They didn't get money, but they got a lot of good equipment, so that's actually super good. So
1: That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, there was also this other event that I was a part of, which was the... The Boys. No, hold on. I already got it wrong. Amazon Original. The Boys. Prime Video. Somebody's <laughs> versus nobody's in association with evil geniuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was, again, I mentioned it last week. Wednesday was the Sonic Fox Kumite. There were eight players who had made it through into top eight in a normal double elimination tournament in Mortal Kombat 11. And then each of those eight players got to play against Fox. And if they beat Fox, then they got an extra 250. Nice. And I had originally thought that like maybe one or two people would beat Fox, and instead four of them beat Fox. Kerbalicious, the Mighty Unjust, OD Full Auto, and Combat all beat Sonic Fox. Nice. Okay. And Fox, you know Fox. So they decided to pick like random characters, almost, almost, Uh, not quite random, but like (laughs) let's have a character exhibition. For some of those. That's at least what they said afterward when it was four and four. I'm not sure, that, like, it's hard to know what's, like, what is actually real here, but um, <laughs> maybe they were just going go for a character exhibition and, you know, they lost, whatever. But definitely, Fox wanted to beat Jukes and Combat and Samij, is what they said. And Combat <laughs> busted Fox three to one. It was a bust up. Like, honestly, yeah. it was a bust up. All right, I, and I'm, I'm... at the end, Fox, like, we were interviewing them. And Fox said that Combat may be the best Mortal Kombat player in the world right now. Okay. So I thought that was cool. I
0: mean I'm just sad because I'm looking at Samij here with the O three and it's
1: like, aww. <laughs> Samege so got more like the most busted. Samij was the only player to not take a game <gasps> versus Sonic
0: Fox. <laughs> oh, um, <that> sucks. <laughs> but that's really cool. I'm glad that, you know, that some people were able to beat him and you know, although, obviously, Sonic Fox going 8-0 and 0 would be a great story. I'm glad to see that they, you know, actually did lose a couple of games to to, to get some rewards for some of the other people there.
1: <laughs> Definitely, yeah. And as Polo Clause says, yeah, Combat was the only one who actually blew up the Joker, right? So, mm-hmm. Fox used other characters, like I said, a bunch of other characters. Fox, uh... Like Jukes actually did fine. It was three to two. It wasn't like some blow up when Fox beat Jukes. But um, but yeah, Fox's main stuff is the Joker for sure. And Combat's Johnny just ate it up. So mm. Shout out to Combat. Yeah. He's pretty good. Nice. Still a kid. I don't think he's eighteen yet. I think he's still like sixteen or seventeen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was always one of the funniest things was that uh, when we were doing the Bud Light Beer League, uh, Linkors entered uh, the tournament on the first East Coast one made top eight and then was DQ'd uh, out of the tournament because the tournament was uh twenty one and older and we discovered that Linkors was twenty and I was like, what <laughs> Linkors is twenty? Linkers is 20. In fact, I think he He's just a looking- he just turned twenty one, like maybe either today or like two days ago or yesterday or something because everyone was joking that he could only qualify in august you know the end of august <laughs> but like wow. everybody in the streams and everything were like
1: he's 20
0: what
1: <laughs> he doesn't look old or anything but i would have definitely said mid-20s
0: see he's just so tall i think this is really oh, what it God. comes down to is that he's just so tall but yeah i mean that would be the same thing that happens i mean technically well okay i guess you have to be 18 to play the game, right, for Mortal Kombat. So technically, isn't he yeah. not allowed to play the game?
1: His parents have to sign a, a uh, Guardian agreement.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah,
1: they actually did. His parents
0: are probably like, you, uh, we have to sign this document so that our son can win lots of money and for a violent game, where do I sign? <laughs>
1: yeah, well, they definitely have. And not only that, but, like, he's traveled really far to do it, so yeah. they, they must be cool about it.
0: That's awesome, dude. I mean, if I were his parents, I'd be super cool with it, too. <laughs> Best player in the world, potentially. Oh, man.
1: Yeah.
0: That's awesome.
1: So those are the results. Had some good stuff this week.
0: I mean, he's probably not even old enough to be allowed to watch the boys, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right?
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Oh, man. Boys is good. It was a fun event. It was a fun event. You know, we definitely shilled a little bit, but it was done in a fun way, I thought. That's cool.
0: That's cool. I mean, look, little exhibitions like that, these kind of things like that are really cool, especially during these yeah. lockdown periods, just to have these exhibitions and these fun events so that we can, yeah. you know, just watch people have a good time playing fighting games. It's just been so nice for our community, you know. For sure. Okay.
1: All righty. Well, that's it. Do you want to move on to the next thing? Yeah, let's, let's go to the next topic here. All right, let's talk about this Guilty Gear Developers Backyard Q&A session. Yeah. Well, session maybe not the right word. It was just an online text thing. Did <laughs> <But, laughs> you take a look at it? Uh,
0: I didn't even know about it until I looked at the the notes that you put up and then I went and read the whole entire thing. And um yeah. I really really like the answers that they're giving. <laughs> I I I think yeah, that the right. answers that they're giving to the questions have all been really, really well informed and and really good you know, with really good purpose in there. So um, if you want to sum up some of the points we can talk about them.
1: Sure. So one of the big things that it felt to me that they wanted to get across was that they talked about trying to make the appearance and impression of the game easier to comprehend, but not to make the game itself easier, and I think that exact phrasing is what they said. Yeah. yeah. I believe that the solution to getting new players to enjoy matches is not to make the game itself easier. Actually, this is interesting. But rather to create a rank system that makes it easier for them to play with others who are around the same skill level. If players can fight others at the same level, there's no need to try and make new players play the same way as advanced players, nor to make game mechanics that obscure the gap in their skill levels. I think that's a really good point. That makes total sense to me. And then they, later on, in the. Same interview talked a little bit more about ranked. Yeah, uh, let's see if I can get this down here. Yeah. Um, so we are developing the game with online matches in mind from the start. Before we've made systems for the games in arcades and then used those ideas as a base for making the console versions. Now it's the opposite, right? So now they're now they're paying a lot of attention to how the Ranked system works. So they're going to try to make it so that they have. They can avoid making it so that some people don't want to play ranked because they're worried about their level falling or whatever it is. And he thinks that having multiple online modes splits the player base, making it more difficult for beginners to match people with their skill level. So they're just really thinking hard about how to make the online experience better. They're obviously putting in rollback netcode as well, as we've discussed for quite a while now. So they really are thinking about that side of things
0: yeah and again these answers are music to my ears because i have often said that online ranked is the most miserable experience in in like all of video gaming practically like trying to rank up in fighting games is just it's so hard to do like it's masochistic in a lot of ways and I even said when we tried the beta with the floor system and all that stuff and the weird little pixel icons and all that stuff running around that I loved all of the ideas and intentions behind it. I was able to see what they were trying to do and I said that they just implemented it very poorly. <laughs> like right. the implementation of it was just awful, but what they were trying to do. And I reflected that in my survey that I filled out afterwards. I was like, look, I get what you guys are trying to do. And I'm on board with all this stuff. But, you know, you have to think of it this way. And you have to consider these kind of things. I love what they're trying to do, and I could see that the lobby system humanizes your opponents a little bit more. It makes it look more like Mm -hmm. you're going up and playing against somebody. You know, there's like I don't know, there's just there's there's more to it, and it's I think they're trying to create more of like a community kind of thing. You know, Uh, I typed in a bunch of suggestions on how to do that without hurting the ranked kind of concept and stuff. So I love reading that because I've long believe that ranked in fighting games is just awful experience it's just it's miserable you know you lose points and that's all you do is just watch yourself losing points all day and this actually i think is really cool i'm, I'm excited to see what they can come up with
1: the idea of the way that they have the lobby set up i know can be cool because i've played them fighting herds. yeah and exactly yeah <laughs> they have that same kind of idea mm-hmm. it's just done really well and they even have a little like mini game that you can play in the in the lobby mm-hmm. if you like walk outside. Mm-hmm. I really like that. It was fun. I got to make how my little dude looked. Like it was great. It was super fun. Yeah, and you so, know, and and you I, I'm, know, I'm definitely down with that idea as well.
0: Yeah. To be fair, it was it was a miserable experience, and it's funny because you know they actually even admitted that they did not realize that if seven people stand on top of each other that all the requests would go wrong and stuff like that and all that did was just make me laugh because as a qa person who's worked in software you know it's just like (laughs) you know whenever you're in a test environment and you know how something's supposed to work sometimes your brain just doesn't process that this could happen Whereas, like, it's obviously that this is what's going to happen. Like, here's one guy, and everyone stands on top of him, and all the requests get all mixed up, and it's just like, you know, like... Uh, you know, the the Darkwing Duck quote I always think of is, how could I be so stupid, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, his, his adopted daughter says, does he really want us to answer that? You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, like, that's kind of one of those QA responses. You're just like, God, like, how did we not test this? Because I'm sure when they were testing it, they're like, oh, look, these people are trying to request, so I'll jump over and find someone else who's not trying to, like, instead of, like, let's pile nine people on top of each other and <laughs> see what happens. (laughs) and so like I go ahead
1: oh I was just gonna say yeah I agree
0: oh yeah okay okay yeah so you know uh I like what they're trying to do like I said they implemented it badly and I absolutely agree with Hanzo it was one of the most miserable experiences that I've ever had in a fighting game lobby but I get what they were trying to do and that's why when I sent them my, my notes like I, it was like I wrote them a novel like this is how you can fix this problem this is how you can do this this is how you can do this to also make it feel like it's a community but also still adhere to you know how you want rank to go etc etc
1: yeah and what Paco was saying in the chat matchmaking based off determined skill makes players mad because it matches them up against bad players and then they lose because they don't know that they are also bad so I mean, I, I think that what the Strive folks are saying, in part, is that they don't want to have this separation. What it seems to me is that they don't want to have multiple online modes. The typical way that we do it is we have a casual mode and we have a ranked mode, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe there's even more than that. Maybe you have like a King of the Hill mode, or maybe you have, you know, whatever it is. Whatever. I mean, there's many different ways that games do it. Mm-hmm. If instead, you just have everybody on the same mode, then you don't have the separation of player bases. Um, And so you don't have, I think, as much issue with people uh, getting matched up against frustrating opponents. Like, that happens to me when I'm playing Street Fighter, happens to me when I'm playing Mortal Kombat. I feel like when I'm playing on ranked, it takes longer for me to find a match in in some cases. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that's because there are people who are in my, like, matchup range, but not that many of them in my particular range, many of them are also playing instead, or instead playing in casual mode or whatever it is. So if we just had everybody in the same funnel, maybe that could be a less frustrating experience. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was something that I addressed as well, even in my survey answers to them was, you know, it's interesting because they're really blending casual lobbies and ranked lobbies into the same thing. And it was really fascinating to me. And, you know, rather than telling them, put it back to how it was, like, I was trying to come up with a lot of ways to make it work that way, you Mm -hmm. know? And, like, honestly, like, spectator mode would be super cool. Like, can you imagine if you had the two icons and go up against each other and it was just, like, two really strong players and they just really wanted to challenge each other. And, you know, like I said, instead of putting points on the line, you could play a, quote, casual match where you could steal an accessory from them. Or if you can eventually build your own house or something like that, you could steal furniture from each other, like I wager this thing and whatever. And when they play against each other, a big sign shows up above their head, like here comes a child, like a grudge match. And then in the lobby, you would see this grudge match, and then everyone could jump over to it, and then you just click spectate. And then you would just see this crowd of people around two people fighting and spectating. You know, like you just create this kind of interesting community. Environment that way, and I think that would be really, really cool. I don't know. That's how I, I just like things like that. I think would be really cool. Yeah. yeah. Money matches for in-game goods. Exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: And the, yeah. The, I think I think MK11 does it nicely online. Yeah. I think that in general, it's great. Yeah. And uh, I, I, but I, I, I can also. I'm I'm interested in seeing what their experiments are with yeah. Strive. I also really
0: did like what they mentioned, that it wasn't about making the game simpler, but it was about making the game simpler to comprehend, which, again, I understood why they had the giant words of counter, and I love the fact that you get the slow motions when, like, Fafner hits you just right and all this stuff like that, you know, you had all this information, you know. Obviously, the display was kind of bad. In fact, the UI made it harder to comprehend some stuff, like the, right. like your, uh, you know, guard gauge and stuff like that was really poorly implemented and stuff. But you know, overall, I, I get what they're trying to do. I I got it right away what they were trying to do and. That was one of my favorite things about the beta was that everything felt like it's just like you get counter hit and it's just this crunch and you're just like, you know, like you feel good about it. And that is one of the hardest things about fighting games. And, you know, in my opinion, why something like Smash Brothers is genius. I've always talked about, you know, wanting to do a whole discussion on why Smash Brothers is one of the most intelligently designed video games ever made. Like just in terms of conveying information to the players that the more damage you do, now all of a sudden they get launched further is just like one of the most, you know, endorphin-producing kind of things. You know, you actually yeah. feel like That's very clear. Yeah, you're you're actually beating them up and they're getting weaker. You know what I mean? And yeah. that doesn't affect what they can do to you, but when you hit them, it feels right. good. You know, and right, it's just for sure. there's so much in terms of, you know, conveyed information in that game that is natural. Whereas in fighting games, if the opponent has a chunk of life or full health, when you hit them, it just it, they react the same way. You don't get yep. that information. And so, you know, if Guilty Gear can kind of introduce a little bit of that. And, in other words, I just love the philosophy that they're coming into this. You know, I really, really like it. I really like it.
1: Yeah, for sure. And they they even talked about things like how uh, instant blocking wasn't what it probably should have been in the beta, and they are still thinking about how to, you know, tweak that. Maybe in input, maybe in what it does. Like they're still—they're yeah. actively tweaking this stuff even still. So some of the complaints that people had when it comes to to that, to the uh, the fact that there were some mechanics that they like didn't explain to you really, mm-hmm. but that some players figured out over the course of the beta, you know, they wanted to see what people would find, right. and, and that, that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah I, mean, I think it was a really interesting little document on what their philosophies are and where they're headed. Yeah, they need to
0: find uses for faultless defense, too, right now, because there's not really much use for it. Before, one of the most useful things was to make it so you could air block unair air blockable stuff, but now everything yeah. is air blockable, so it just doesn't matter. <laughs>
1: like, so, Wrong. I don't know if you noticed. It says that using faultless defense after an air dash makes you fall faster. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, people were discovering stuff like that. And so, uh, I mean, as, as a, a way to alter your air dash, that's cool. But, like, it needs to also have a good defensive purpose as well. So, yeah.
1: All right. Well, uh-huh. yeah, I thought that this post was pretty cool. Is there anything else you want to say about it?
0: Uh, I'm Just overall, like, I'm so... On board with so much of what they're doing. And, you know, again, you know, obviously I'm a big Guilty Gear fan, and, you know, it's easy for me to be positive about all this stuff. But honestly, the stuff that they're saying really adheres to a lot of my current philosophy of fighting games. And, and, And I say this as current because this is probably something that I've only come to the same conclusion myself in the last, like, two or three years. Of how I feel about fighting games it has a lot to do with getting old too but you know um, it's it's there's just i I realize now why fighting games aren't as popular and why they're not as fun to play as a lot of other genres because they fighting games have stopped giving those kind of proper endorphins they've stopped giving that kind of information conveyance and we've all kind of just gotten used to. Understanding stuff about fighting games through an external point. We have to understand that the tension is there when he has no health. We have to understand why throwing out a medium uppercut after being minus two is a really smart thing to do. You know, like these kind of things like that. Like you, as an audience member, you don't watch that and go, wow, that uppercut was awesome because he did it when he was minus two, but he's at a range that he knew the opponent would throw out a six frame button because that's the only one that he could hit me with that would keep his turn and like you just you don't get that conveyance off off of until you know the game so well and you know that's one of the reasons why i love soul Calibur right now is because a lot of times it's like oh my god i'm losing i'm losing hit ring out and it's just like ha you know like <laughs> these kind of things are awesome and i think fighting games are missing a lot of that i think they they really are missing a lot of that and again, you know, for top players, they don't need that because they'll understand it, but it's really about the casuals. It's really about getting the the conveyance for the audience in my opinion. So, and the new yeah, I just don't know what the they game. want.
1: I mean, I'm I'm too disconnected from it and I know that. I'm I'm too inside of fighting games to I think like really have a great vantage right. point of what somebody who's not super inside fighting games thinks about fighting games. Right. I'm just it's hard. Yeah. I'm like there's too much fighting games around me, for me to think about not fighting games. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I... I don't get, know. I think... Like, I, there are other games that are super complex and just don't have... I don't... When I watch League of Legends or Dota, I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. Right, now... I don't know what the character does. I don't know why they did that. I have no idea. Just no, no clue at all.
0: Right, exactly. But if that's...
1: It's super popular even still. I don't know.
0: Uh, that's just more because the game helps you from the playing standpoint again as well and that's the thing about fighting games though fighting games are supposed to have the advantage that you know what's going on a lot clearer visually because all the information is on screen but it actually turns out to be one of the more more kind of obtuse kind of things out there which is uh which is the frustrating part for me because it's A lot of those other games, their appeal comes from the fact that as a beginner, when you play it, you can kind of enjoy it. And as fighting games, it's hard to understand watching and it's hard to understand enjoyment of it at the beginner level. And so you need to do that kind of conveyance of information because fighting games are a very different kind of game. They're a different genre of game. They're a very in-the-moment kind of action-y kind of game, you know, like it's constant action, and so you have to have that ability to appreciate the action and to feel the action as a beginner player. And a lot of the times, you don't get that, in my opinion. So, <laughs> only twenty-eight point three percent of players have a single win in ranked mode.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no, we've heard stats about like that oh, about Jesus. that kind of thing before. I don't remember them offhand, but we've right. heard about that in many games. Actually, that may not be public information. I may be just talking about what people have told me who are developers on games. But
0: Well, it yeah. says apparently on the Steam community, stats achievement is what they're looking at. And I guess one of the achievements is win a game online and rate.
1: <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, all right. Um, I really like this phrase. I like this saying a lot from Glass Guts, until you know how, you don't see that it's a sailboat. I think that's a really interesting statement. Wait, what's we'll say... Aside from what have been talking about. How does that so, work? Thanks for that. That's super cool. And then also, Honzo Gonzo disagrees with you a lot and would like you to bring him on <laughs> All right. By the way, everybody yelled at you on the YouTube comments. For your rant about the 3d games not being good
0: yeah that's because they don't understand that i'm right that's why it's actually kind of <laughs> so much. it's kind of crazy how much of a genius <laughs> i am about all this stuff and that everybody is just a sheep out there that they don't understand that 3d gaming is so flawed in in so many different ways I mean, if I actually have the chance to explain.
1: I don't know what I was thinking about bringing this back up. This was a bad idea.
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> honestly, if I explained it right, everybody would be like, you know what? Oh, shit. He's absolutely right. Like, I mean, that's exactly what happened. It's just everybody is stuck in this really terrible mindset that they have that they're kind of drinking the juice right now. And then once I explain how bad it really is, people will be like, oh, shit. I can't believe well, he's such a genius! You know? You know so. what they
1: say? Until you know how, you don't know that it's a sailboat.
0: <laughs> so. Anyway, you want to take a break? Sure. <laughs> right. Uh, be right back, guys. Be right back.
1: Alright, it's gone. You don't get the sailboat then?
0: Uh, not really.
1: That's what Kaiser Freak says. Oh, you don't either? Um, okay. Well, my understanding of it is just that if you see a contraption out there on the water, and you have no idea what it is, you don't know that it's a sailboat until you have learned already that it's a sailboat. It's it's some indeterminate thing. Could be anything. Right. Once you learn about it, it becomes to you this useful thing. It's a sailboat. It can go on the water and get it from place A to B. I don't need an engine for it. It's yeah. it wind-powered. Like, there's a lot of stuff that you then learn about it but you didn't know that at first. I think that's a cool thing. It's cool phrasing of that idea.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I know.
1: I just was taking out the part that I liked about it, Glass but I, I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be right back. Sure.
0: I mean, honestly, one of the hardest things about people understanding my 3D comment is that, you know they keep trying to apply it to everything that i'm talking about i mean everything that they think i'm talking about they don't realize what i'm actually talking about why it's flawed and stuff like that and why people don't understand it and i I think that that's the problem Uh, people don't understand what i'm trying to say about it like i said if i actually did a long stream about it it would actually make a lot more sense so i plan to do that uh... And, you know, that's that's also part and parcel of the problem uh, of 3D games, too. Uh, I mean, most genius is misunderstood, King Vasuki, until people realize it, right? That's just the thing. Almost all genius is under misunderstood until the genius is properly understood. Yeah, Sin Stormer has a, has is on the right track. 3D on a 2D screen will always be flawed. <laughs> every genius, every genius is a sailboat. Exactly. You don't realize it's genius until someone explains to you why it's genius. Every genius is a sailboat. I love it. I love it most geniuses out there are considered insane until until people realize that it is genius
1: i don't think that's true <laughs>
0: <laughs> trust me people will understand in the future there will be the james Theor- james chen theorem Of 3D gaming, and everybody will read it and be like, God, how did people not see this for the first like 12 or 15 years of 3D gaming? If they realized this early on, then they probably wouldn't have sucked as bad as they did, you know, for so long or been as bland as they are.
1: (laughs) 12 or 13, dude, it's 25
0: years. Yeah, you're right. 25 years. There you go.
1: Cracks me up your your like perception of time is is so off. <laughs> yeah. And I'm getting there myself, like I see myself getting into that much more often now, too.
0: Oh man. All it's right,
1: not, we'll it's not even just
0: fighting games either, right? I'm not even talking about fighting games. I'm just talking about attack, attack, dodge, attack, attack, dodge, attack, attack, dodge. <laughs> it's like it's just so Ugh. God, what gameplay! Man, amazing gameplay.
1: <laughs> Alright, let's
0: All right. come back. <laughs> Alright, welcome back to the Tuesday show. Welcome back. Let's go. We're going to get the-
1: now to the 5 5 matchup series in which we discuss various fighting game topics of interest as. Some proposed by viewers and some by us. The ones by us, we're going to start out with here. Are 3D video games
0: bad or... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) Did you see the video of Harada talking about AI in Tekken?
0: I did not. I did not. But I got the gist of it just from reading the comments afterwards and such. Yeah, I mean, if you want to expand on it a little bit more detailed...
1: I I will, I will, yes. Well, there's not maybe a lot of detail, but what he said in short was that uh, the question posed to him that he was answering was what's the potential future role of AI in fighting games? And he said that what he thinks about when it comes to AI and fighting games in the future is execution, in short. Mm -hmm. So that maybe it could help players complete inputs, complete their commands... By you know watching a player play for a while, I don't know if watching is the right word, but you know what I mean. And it's kind of like don't understand what the player wants, and maybe a player screws up, but the AI is like, uh uh-uh, ah, I knew that you wanted whatever move there instead, and just gives it to you. Right. You know, rather than like they are, the the AI is is doing a phone texting autocomplete, but for you. Or fighting
0: it, <laughs> it's it's why my for some reason on my phone Mario gets all caps to no matter how I try to type it I don't know why how'd that happen I don't know I have no idea but every time I write, write Mario or Tekken it always tries to all caps them both and I don't understand why
1: but um well so anyway this is his thought on what AI could be looking at doing in future fighting games right. helping people inputs helping make the game so that it's not just about this execution barrier making it so that it's playable by more people uh, you know making it so that games are not just hiding strong things behind difficult execution. Mm-hmm. What do you think about
0: this? Uh, Terrible.
1: (laughs) No. No, 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 no.
0: No, 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 no. No. (laughs) No. Worst idea ever. Like, seriously, one of the worst ideas that I've ever heard. Because you know me, that human error is one of my favorite aspects of fighting games. Like, that... The pressure to do the correct thing to perform, to let the combo actually be done and, you know, actually getting your instant air dashes when you need it is what everything about competition is. Like I said, if, if we created a fighting game where as soon as you hit someone, the game froze and a menu popped up and you're like, I want to spend this much meter and maximize my damage. And then it does it for you. And it knows what the maximized damage combo is for you. This is the most boring video game I've ever seen in my entire life. Like the whole point is that they could drop the combo. When you see someone do something like with Nikali, And then they activate the super. And you're like, did he do that too early? Oh my god, is he going to go under him? And then he goes under him. And then he misses. And then he loses because of that. That breeds the... That breeds the... You know, the the the... That creates the... Like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Like, oh, he's going to win this as long as he doesn't drop this combo. You know, like that's when you shoot the three-pointer at the buzzer and that ball flying in the air lasts like five times longer than every other jump shot that you've ever watched. That breeds that kind of anticipation, that kind of heightened sense. And then when the result happens, that's the cathartic release. Right? If I was trying to do an electric wing and just because I've done it 95% of the time, the one the 5% of the time that I miss it, the AI is like, "No, nah, you you were pretty good at this before. Let's make you do this." I think just ruins everything about fighting games. Everything about fighting games. So,
1: when I listened to this, the first thing that I thought was this could only have come from the developer of a game with an electric wind godfist. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to find some way to make their move that they have tied to unreasonable execution barriers for 50 years, not just be tied to five people on Earth being able to do it. Yep. That was my feeling. I was like, you are you are desperately looking for a way for this to actually be usable. Yeah, um, especially with all the. Not, like, I, I don't care. About, I don't care about the idea of a electrical god godfist. I mean, I know that some people do. For me, it doesn't matter. So I think that he's trying to find some way to do that. This sounds bad for Tekken. It sounds bad for most fighting games out there. I do think it could be pretty cool if a game was designed from the ground up to like not need to worry about execution at all. That would be obviously quite a different mm-hmm. game a totally different story. Maybe you would just call it Rising Thunder or something, but right. I think that that could, that could be cool. I'm I'm on board with the idea of that. But as far as a game like the current fighting games that are out there, yeah, I'm not into it. And and I definitely see what you mean about execution creating this sort of tension that you don't necessarily know what's going to happen. Right. For sure. And as a viewer, as a commentator that tension is something that is great, you know, that's a big part of what some hype moments are about. But I can imagine a game that's designed where you don't necessarily need that, maybe something else is highlighted instead. So I'm not opposed to it when it comes to that. I just think that for the games that we currently have, like maybe just just change the input of Electric Wind Godfist, just like make it more lenient so more people can do it. If that's like, if you are struggling so much that you're like, what if we bring in machine learning AI so that people can finally do this video game move after 30 years? Maybe just make it a little easier? I don't know. And you know, again, I don't care about it. If it's something that you care about, that's fine. But for me, it doesn't matter. If he himself, as the developer of the game, is trying to find a way to make it usable, it seems like that would be the first step rather than this long future of what about? Machine learning AI watching you play over time, and it would be it would be hard to make practical anyway. In the sense that, could you just like pop up over to your buddy's house and play their Tekken? Because their Tekken doesn't know you. It doesn't know how your execution is. It doesn't know your weird little moves. Right. Everybody has very different execution, right? It doesn't know what you typically do. And so, will it be there to save you when you screw up in a way that you typically screw up? But you're. Your friend's machine doesn't know that you typically screw up, right? Maybe you have to sign in everywhere you go into your little user I mean, account center. It just seems like it'd be impractical for that reason, too.
0: The thing about it is, like, I don't even think that that's the case. Because, like, I don't feel like it's trying to make it accessible to everyone. Because it sounds like, to me, you have to be able to have known how to do it before the game actually does it for you, right? I don't know if I mean, it's supposed to be a shadow mode thing or if it's like, ah, you meant to. I mean, like, if it's literally, ah, uh, you know, I think you meant to do it here. Yeah, then just make it an easier input. Who, who the heck cares, right? I mean, the biggest problem with Tekken right now is that one move and that move that Heihachi has are literally tied to uh, you know, joystick. The difficulty yeah. comes from the joystick. And like I said, there are easy ways to change it so that it can be hard on every single uh, input device out there. The problem with it is is that it ruins just the legacy people. That's all. That's all it does. So uh, it's, just, it's just not a good idea in any shape, like way, shape, or form. Unless, like you said, it was designed from the ground up to be that kind of game. Like, if you've already designed that kind of game, but then, you know, why even? Why not just Rising Thunder it and make all of your special moves, you know, a single button press? Then you don't even have to worry about that at all, right?
1: Just, Maybe you meant to crouch in one instance because you you crouch there 99 out of 100 times. <laughs> and so you're always blocking. But then the one time you don't block, the game's like, well, you probably meant to do down back here, actually, so here's a block for you.
0: Yeah, this is like... The worst thing. I, I don't know. It's just like, there's nothing. And, and like, for example, in the autocorrect style, there will be the times where you're like, I actually didn't want to block here the ninety the 1% of the time because I actually had some genius play here. And then the game's right. like, oh, you meant to block. And you're like, no, I was making a pun. Don't correct my spelling, you know, to erase right, right, my right, pun yeah. kind of thing, you know.
1: Yeah. So. Now I have to add this spelling of this word into my... Uh, a dictionary forever, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Again, you know, look, the genius of esports, of any sort of sport, of any sort of competition, is that it is about human versus human and mistakes happen, whether they're execution mistakes, whether they're decision mistakes or something. It's it's all about the person versus the person and, and having to play as perfectly as possible. You know, and the fact that Human beings will not ever be able to achieve perfection, will not be able to achieve perfection is the entire basis of competition on this planet. And so if you try to make AI compensate for your mistakes so that you can play by perfection, I don't want to play it anymore. <laughs> I don't want to see people always making the right decision. I don't want to see people always executing their combos. I don't want to see people making 100% of the baskets that they the, that they throw up. I don't want to see people batting 100% of the balls that are thrown at them. You know, like, you just, that the whole point is that Competition is supposed to be hard, right? I mean, like I said, everything becomes a competition. Pizza folding boxes, pizza tossing, cup stacking, everything becomes a competition because of the difficulty, not because of the ease.
1: <laughs> yeah. And we've talked about this in the past. I think we're both on board with the idea of accessibility. And especially for some games, Again, the idea of like a rising thunder where you just don't need to do complex inputs—that's cool. I think that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm—I've been on board with the sort of slight easing of execution in general. You go back to like super turbo, and the requirements for a dragon punch are quite severe. Yeah. Same in third strike. It didn't, it didn't need to be like that, right? In my view, like that's not something that actually adds interesting stuff to the game, really. But yeah, the idea to me of accessibility is great. That said, when it comes to traditional fighting games, I like the idea of having some barrier. Even as somebody who, for many years, struggled with like accessibility issues, to be honest, mm-hmm. uh, I still I still get why that's something that people find interesting yeah. for sure.
0: Terrible idea.
1: <laughs> maybe uh, maybe think about something else when it comes to AI. I don't know. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's move on. Let's talk about the viewer's choice. Sure. For 5 5 matchup. What topic should we cover tonight? We have five suggestions. Number one, what do you feel is the adequate amount of time between generations of games? So, like Street Fighter 4 to Street Fighter 5 to allow a game to bake. Quote-unquote, bake, right? be the previous version of the game that is, like, being done.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. Or we it's figured different. out how to play the game,
1: you know? Right, exactly, yeah. Two, why does it seem that the NRS community is one of the few that doesn't stick to a single series line, switching between Mortal Kombat and Injustice each time, for example, whereas others stick to their games, even by the same developer, like Blaise Blue versus Guilty Gear's, you know, there's a little bit of crossover, but those are pretty distinct scenes. Why doesn't the NRS scene do it like that? Three, what would you consider to be safe enough for returning to offline events? Ooh. Four, would you like to see NetherRealm make a fighting game with the Marvel license? Five, why are there so few low-complexity slash reasonably deep fighting games in the market, like SamShow Show and Fantasy Strike? Is this an an underserved niche, or is there not enough demand? So those are the topics suggested for today. The winner is number five. Why are there so few low-complexity-slash-reasonably-deep fighting games in the market? E.g. Sam Show and Fantasy Strike. Is this an underserved niche, or is there not enough demand?
0: I was not the one I was expecting to win. <laughs> ah. <laughs> interesting. Okay. Okay. Oh, dang. It barely won, too. <laughs> it did.
1: Yeah. By a single vote, I think. Yeah. By a single,
0: yeah, vote, by a single by vote. vote. By a single vote. Um, it's an interesting question. I mean I feel like I don't know if it's necessarily underserved niche or if there's not a like there's too few of them because I feel like Grand Blue kind of feels into this you know as well they've got both options of being able to use single special move buttons they've got a block button and things like this and so I don't feel like this is necessarily an underserved niche. Uh, I feel like uh, when you look at the grand scheme of things, like Street Fighter, there's it's just it runs the whole gamut. I think that it actually does a good job running the whole entire kind of rainbow of of uh, complexity, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, I was I I was about to say that I think Street Fighter Five isn't particularly complex either, right? Like the inputs in that game are very straightforward, it's just a lot of frame data knowledge barrier kind of thing, but, you know, it is a uh, low complexity, high, deep, uh, reasonably deep fighting game, so I just, I don't think that that's actually the case. Hmm. I feel like uh, we, I feel like that market is actually served pretty decently, so...
1: Uh, yeah, I guess that's what I'll say. <laughs> I took a lot of, I took a big bite of that salmon just now. <laughs> as far as the idea of low complexity slash reasonably deep fighting games in the market, I don't think that Street Fighter Five fits that bill. I think that this is really intended to be on the lower end of things. Right. I think that's what this this question is referencing. Um... I think these games are very simple and very boring. You guys know my opinion right. <laughs> um, on on these two games. Uh, I think these are probably the two worst fighting games of the past ten years for me. Uh, so I don't know that I have like a great. I don't. I clearly don't see the interest. Right. That's very obvious. Right. So I'm not the person who should be telling you that I think that it's underserved or not, or that there's not enough demand. I. I don't know. I, it's not something I pay attention to. I'm just I'm removed to the extent that I can be <laughs> from that. Stuff. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what to say. Um, I I certainly support other people playing the games that they like. And if you like that kind of game, or if it's something that you think is, is useful, then I absolutely, I think it's great that there are games that are for people who like that. So they're not for me, but I'm I'm glad that those do exist. And it doesn't seem to me like there's none, like it's underserved. Yeah, I don't know. Those are two examples right there. And there aren't so many fighting games that two is some tiny percentage, right? I mean, there's,
0: right.
1: I don't know, is there like a dozen fighting games that are like actively being made and played at any one time? Something like that. It's not like a ton of games. So for 20% of them, or 16.67 of them, or whatever, to, to be low complexity, reasonably deep, almost barfed um, low complexity fighting games uh, yeah that seems like a pretty reasonable number to me
0: yeah I mean some people even mentioned that you know uh, <clears throat> don't forget that SNK heroines existed as well uh, I did. like I said even a game like metal revolutions coming out that doesn't have high low blocking in it either it's also oh, really? okay. yeah that's also just a pure left-right mix-up kind of game you know, so like I said, I just don't feel like it's an underserved market. To be honest with you, like I feel like there's a lot of stuff out there that exists for this because I mean, high fight has footsies, right? I mean, footsies is out there as well. Dive kick is still out there if you really want to play yeah, dive kick. Sure. You know, there's just there's so many different ways to, you know, get that. I think so. I don't know, you know. I I don't think it's necessarily an underserved market, you know. So.
1: Yeah, it's really tasty. Pro visual fight. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. All right. Anything else to
0: say on this one? Uh, no, not really. I just I don't agree. I guess with the with what the what the question is postulating. Let's put it that right. way. So.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. As, as for the reason that there aren't that many more, I would say it's probably more about lack of demand. But again, I think I agree with you that 2 to 3 or 4, again, like whatever you want to define these as, is actually a pretty reasonable percentage of the current fighting games that are being worked on and actively played.
0: Yeah, because SNK heroines is the same thing. There's no crouching in SNK heroines. So it's just jumping and standing attack, same kind of thing. So, so like I said, there's a lot of games oh, okay. out there. Yeah, there's no high low in SNK heroines either. So there's a lot oh, wow. of there's a lot of games out there that have the kind of thing. I mean, David's basically saying that he's not interested in those games. I'm
1: just saying <laughs> I'm not interested. You right? Know, yeah, I, yeah. Apparently yeah. there are people who are interested in them. They're right. playing those games actively.
0: But yeah. again, you know, like it's I said, great. they should be playing the games that they like. Yeah, and, you know, I have friends who tell me that SNK Heroines is far more deep and, you know, interesting than I gave it credit for. I mean, I right. not that I gave it credit for. I just never played it because I hated the storyline so much um, right, yeah. that I just refused to play it. Um, but, you know, again, I really enjoy Sam's show. I really enjoyed Granblue. I think those are all really great games. I've never played Fantasy Strike. Uh, I probably never will play Fantasy Strike. Um, not for the reason that uh, people probably think I wouldn't play the game. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I just don't want to have the potential for me to hate it and to shit on the game. That's just basically what it comes down to. <laughs> wow. I just don't okay, want well, to. I, I already did. I just don't want to say anything bad about the game if it turns out I don't <laughs> like it. It could turn <laughs> out that I lo- It could turn out that I love the game. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Okay. But as long as I never play it, I can't have an opinion on it, and so I can't say anything about the game, and that's that's good enough. So, uh <laughs>
1: Mm. Yeah, what Intel says is definitely right. Is that anytime two humans are playing anything against each other, there's going to be some extra depth, or there will be some depth. Sometimes, well, that's maybe not true. Sometimes the games are solved. You just know it's yeah, like really yeah, tic-tac-toe yeah. so uh-huh. about it. But in general, yeah, that's correct. Yeah,
0: and you know, again, I'll stick up for Sam's Show here. I think Sam's Show is a absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, <sighs> you should. I'll stick up for the gameplay of Samurai Showdown. <laughs> There's not much to, else to stick up for when it comes to net code and lobby code and and all that stuff like that. But I mean, no, we're,
1: we're talking about gameplay, and I, yeah, I know yeah, that you yeah. like it. Uh-huh. I think that's great.
0: And uh, yeah. you know, as much as everyone wants to say, "Oh, it's a simple game and no complexity," I actually disagree. I think the game has a lot of complexity to it because the decision making is so is hard to make. It's hard to make decisions in that game. So I think that that is really really strong yeah middle space if you go first in tic-tac-toe you are guaranteed to never lose that's just basically what it is you will either win or tie like you can never lose as long as you play in the middle space the game is solved and that's the end of it right there so
1: yeah Um, most games are not like that
0: yeah exactly so
1: all righty i'd like to talk about the first question which just barely missed out on tying for first place here. Uh-huh. What do you feel is the adequate amount of time between generations of games to allow a game to bake? I think this is an interesting question. I like the idea of it because it's something that I feel like we have a pretty good amount of experience on now, especially in the past like dozen years or so,
0: yeah.
1: where you know new games have come out. Some of them have come out pretty often a two-year window and some of them have come out after, well, never. In some cases, no Marvel prequel, Marvel a pretty- <laughs> different story, right? Um, so there's, I, I, I would say, a minimum of four to five years is when I feel like a game has gotten to a point where people have, it's baked. What does that mean? It means that it's. We know the rules, we know what the characters do, we, there's no more surprises. Wow, did you know that, that interaction happens? Like, that kind of gets figured out at some well,
0: point. M- more, more just that we understand what the pace of the game is supposed to be, where the strategies yeah. come from, yeah, where, what, what, the are the, like, what are the most potent yeah. mix-ups, those kind yeah. of things. Like, how do you open exactly. up your opponent, basically?
1: Yeah, and that's something that always takes a while to learn. It's, that's been the case in every game that I've ever spent time with. It's going back to when I first picked up ST, and the, when I first picked up Third Strike, and mm-hmm. when I was playing SF4 along with everybody else, and SF5, and Mortal Kombat, and Marvel 3, and whatever. Like, there's always this period where people are like, this is the best thing in the game. And then it turns out, like a month later, it's actually not even good. You know, that's how it's always happened. <laughs> it's happened in every game that I've, that yeah. I've figured out. MK11 right now. I was just talking about how I think Johnny is like one of the best in the game. Combat used him to beat Joker, who Uh, I also think is one of the best in the game. When MK11 came out, there were humans out there who were saying Johnny sucks and he needs an overhead and he's got too many highs and whatever, right? They're just super wrong. And that was clear within just a few months, but that that kind of trend always continues for at least a few years.
0: mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, when Street Fighter V first came out, you know, I don't think Ryu was gonna be considered one of the strongest characters had we just played season one for a very long time. Um yeah. uh, in Street Fighter Four Vanilla, like Gen got nerfed and everyone's like, Why would you nerf him to Super? and and like everyone in San Diego was like, We know why yeah. <laughs> You know yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and clearly we, we were playing, clearly we were playing season one of Street Fighter 4 completely wrong. Like, yeah. now that we understand the Vortex, we probably would have gotten really good at landing stupid unblockables with the Ultras right. and stuff like that. You know, there's just right. so many things that we got wrong uh, in Street Fighter 4 season one. And like I said, Street Fighter v, and it's not even just the mechanics, right? The mechanics aren't necessarily what changed. But even within the course of the first year, right, we saw Nash obviously was considered one of the top seven characters. And he was so good. By the end of the year, Nash, we kind of figured it out because uh, it just felt like more like infiltration was kind of ahead of the curve on what Street Fighter Five was supposed to be, you know, and he played it right. And by the end of season one, I don't even think Nash was in that vaunted top seven list that everybody had anymore. You know? Uh, yeah, he got nerfed afterwards, but I'm saying even within season one, yeah. he became weaker by the end of the year once we figured out how to gnash with everybody else. <laughs> Essentially, you know?
1: Yeah, for me, what baking is really about is, is whether we are still finding new stuff about the game. You're always mm-hmm. going to find out some little new stuff. Occasionally, even ST is still getting some stuff figured out. Like, there's just always going to be a little bit, at least. But right. as far as what the, yeah, the strategies, the Patience. best options, the mix-ups, that we know it at some yeah. point. And to me, that's what that's what a game yeah. is to be baked. I don't know. I've never really used this term before, but we're using. It <laughs> I,
0: what, I mean, for me, that's what I'm
1: understanding it to mean. So what I, I and that's that's like my favorite time. Yeah. The two my two favorite times when it comes to a fighting game are the first like. Month when everybody's doing the mad dash to find what's the cool tech, what are the cool combos, you know, all that's I like that a lot. I like that a lot, but then I also really like after several years when we know almost everything and now it's just like, all right, there's no secrets, right? Everybody, yeah. we're all playing the game, <laughs> we all know what everything is. Who can make the best decision, right? One so of the things I love that
0: as well. one of the things that I always talk about fighting games that's so important to me is understanding the game's pace understanding the game's rhythm and you know that's what it took me for a long time in street fighter 5 i really didn't understand the game's pace and the rhythm as a player but once i started understanding that that's what helped me become a much stronger player all of a sudden in the game and uh that's when i feel like you know when the top players have figured out the pace and the rhythm of the game That's when a game is considered baked, you know, like we, we understand what it is. And like you said, nothing like there's outside of a glitch or some weird bug, like we're not going to find anything that's going to drastically change how the game is played. Uh, you know, I, I don't even feel like we need that much time, especially nowadays. Like, I don't even know a 4 to 5, because I feel like people kind of understood it in the Season 3 of Street Fighter Five. I just think the characters got more interesting, which is, uh, you know, made the game a lot more fun and enjoyable. But you look at a game like Dragon Ball Fighters; it's in its third year right now, but people kind of know what the rhythm of that game is supposed to be. Yeah, okay,
1: yeah, I maybe mean, three-ish, I can see. It. They
0: yeah. had to add a new comeback mechanic to the game because their original comeback mechanic was baked so much that they realized it wasn't a comeback mechanic. It was a yeah. protect-your-first-character mechanic, you know? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, even something like MK11 has been out for three years, and I think a lot of the top players kind of know how that game feels at this point, right? Like, they know... No, well, it's it, been out for
1: this a year and a, and a half. Is this not its third year? Right? Am I wrong? What time? What year is it? 2020? (laughs) Yeah, it came out in April of 2019, I think. Did it?
0: Holy crap. Okay, so it's only a year and a half. I thought this game's been out for... I thought we were in its third year already. Well, never mind. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, even still, after a year and a half, I feel like a lot of people have a good read on... You know, how the game should be played and like how it feels. Obviously, they've just added new mechanics and stuff,
1: so. I'm not so sure, but yeah, maybe. Okay.
0: I mean, like I said, I I, I just had assumed it's been out
1: for that much longer already. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: but yeah, no, I mean, I, I really do feel like uh, probably around three years these days, these days, for it to. But the thing about it is, I want to see games continue to be played after they've been baked. I think that's really important to maximize the knowledge that we have for the game. So even if a game gets baked after three years, we should definitely still be playing it for another two to three years because – one, you know, they will be adding new characters. Even the developers will understand it. The reason why I think characters right. like Lucia, Honda, Seth, and Gil, and these characters have come out so interesting is because the developers know what they're doing. They know what the Absolutely. game is baked to now. So when they design the characters, they know what they're doing with them. And it's super interesting. Like I said, if you, all you have to do is play Lucia. And just see what her combo routes are. And just see every single place that the developers denied you a combo.
1: (laughs) And you know that they know what they're doing. (laughs) It is
0: not accident. What's that?
1: They have definitely learned about their game as well. Yeah,
0: exactly. And so they have a stronger understanding. And so, you know, getting baked for a game (laughs) is such a weird term because it just doesn't sound right at all. Three years to get to that point... And then another two to three years to really feel like the best players are the best. And we are getting the maximum enjoyment out of that game. Six years, I yeah, think. Five... Yeah, I'm so happy
1: that Street Fighter Five is going to be supported, I guess, until 2022.
0: Yeah. That's
1: when that little roadmap implied. And that's great. I'm super excited to be able to play the game for another couple of years. years in a state in which we basically know everything. They're going to, I guess, add some small, well, I don't know if it's small. They're going to have some new game mechanic. <laughs> there are going to be some new characters. There will be a little bit of exploration. But we know the game. And right. I think it's great. And that's cool. I, I really am hoping that Mortal Kombat 11 gives us more time. Yeah. And they keep giving us these little hints. You know, Ed Boon every now and then is like talking about how there's plenty more to come. I hope that that's true, because I really want to have the experience of playing a fully-baked NRS game. And I haven't.
0: I haven't right. had that experience.
1: You know, and and I've you know what? I'm More... playing after one and a half to two years, each of the last MK9, Injustice <laughs> 1, MKX, Injustice... Yeah, four games so far. Yeah. I don't want to do that again.
0: I mean, honestly, I think the scene also hasn't had that experience as well. And I think that's super important for them, because as we've discussed in the past... You know, and that's kind of uh, one of the questions in here as well. That, you know, they don't stick to the game. It's because they get fed up with a lot of the things that happen. We've talked about this in the past. They get very angry about the mechanics and stuff like that. We've seen Mr. Aquaman talk about this a lot, you know, that they complain about things. And it's because they have the expectation that in in two years they'll have a new game to learn something new and then get mad at that game and then, you know, learn... If we actually have give NRS the ability, the scene the ability to play a game well beyond the two years, I think that actually would uh, help the scene a lot. Not I'm saying that they're that they're flawed or that they need help, but just in a way that maybe they can understand that they would start instead of hoping that patches are going to come and fix everything, or that they think everything is broken. You know, to really kind of learn how to play around those kind of things. Because that's, I think, is a key factor to becoming one of the strongest uh, in a game. You know, to really maximizing a game for what it is. It's like, you know, people want more defensive options in Street Fighter Five, and then they hate uppercuts. Like, the same person will complain about both things. It's like in Injustice I mean in Mortal Kombat when people were saying that the anti air normals were too strong and then they were also complaining that the jump ins were too strong. Right. You know, it's like instead of complaining about these things, understanding how to play the game in the way that it was created to really understand it, I think is a really powerful tool to have in your mindset. That's cool.
1: Yeah. All right, well, uh, do you want to move on? Do you want to cover any of the rest of these here?
0: <laughs> All I will say is that I don't want realm anywhere near the Marvel license. <laughs> Look, DC is supposed to be gritty. Okay. It's supposed to be real. They always have this thing about trying to make it real world. So if everybody's going to stand like a human and walk like a human and fight like a human... <laughs> Fine, that's fine for DC, but if Spider-Man ever stands upright like this and then walks up and goes, punch, 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 like, I will, <laughs> I will, I will make my own meme of Tom Cruise tossing the game off the boat, okay? That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say.
1: <sighs> yep, I could see that. I could see that. I can just do these other ones real fast. What would you consider to be safe enough for returning to offline events? Just when health experts say that it's fine. I mean, I'm I am not gonna have. I'm no expert, all right. And I trust the experts. When they say it's okay, I'll come back.
0: Vaccine.
1: There <laughs> vaccine. <laughs> if there's a vaccine. If there's yeah, a vaccine, right.
0: I'm not gonna. I am not going i do not think it's safe until we have a vaccine. That's just It'll it.
1: Probably be like that at least in the US. Yeah. And then why does it seem that the NRS community is one of the few that doesn't stick to a single series line, switching between MK and Justice? I think that historically that's because the competitive scene has not been very large, but it does seem like that appetite is there now. Right. There have been I didn't talk about this last week, but uh, Forever King and Slayer, I think was what it was. They had a NRS Game Olympics oh and that's so cool so they they played I think it was first to 10 in Mortal Kombat 9, Injustice 1 MKX, Injustice oh, 2 and MK11 that's so cool <laughs> super cool yeah definitely <laughs> so there and not even just that but there have been tournaments lately for Injustice 2 there's still stuff occasionally for MKX Arma bless his heart has been playing the crap out of Injustice 1 so there is, it seems, an appetite for more games now. I hope that's true. I, I hope that people can play whichever those they prefer. Yeah. Would I know not- that some people prefer Mortal Kombat, in part because it's Mortal Kombat, and that matters a lot to them, but in part because right. they like the style, the uh, gameplay itself. And other people really like the Injustice style, or they really like the Injustice uh, mechanics, or whatever it is. I think they'd be great if people were, felt like they could stick with the game that they actually care about, for sure. And maybe that'll happen this time, especially if MK11 is supported for the next couple years still, in which case, I think many of us will probably be playing MK11. I mean, I will be. But also, if you're not somebody who actively really likes Mortal Kombat 11, and you think, well, there's not going to be like Injustice 3 for like two or three years, I hope that you'll go back and play the game that you care about. You know, I hope that that's the reason for you to do that instead of to continue playing a game that you don't really like that much. So I hope that this is changing. We'll see.
0: So uh, just to address something that uh, SinStormer says in the chat is how do you make sure people have taken that vaccine. The point is that you can protect yourself. If someone doesn't want to take the vaccine, they're hurting themselves, right? But for those of us who believe in vaccines and can actually protect ourselves from it at least we have that option we don't that's why we want other people to wear masks because we can't protect ourselves from them you know what i mean that that the way to protect ourselves from them is them wearing a mask so
1: right (laughs) yeah Us, us having vaccines us being vaccinated does help because there are people who cannot get vaccines for various reasons it's not that they're opposed to it. It's that they, oh, it's dangerous for right.
0: OK. OK, that's fair. That's so fair, too. So
1: enough people have to be vaccinated for those people to effectively be protected, because there can't be community transmission.
0: Right, yeah, that's true. So
1: that's, that's, like, true. that's for example, why everybody should get a flu vaccine, who can, because you're protecting not just yourself, but also by like, contributing to that sort of group immunity, you're making yeah. it so people who can't have vaccines uh, are also going to be protected. So anyway, we'll see. That's probably not for a while. I mean... Uh... Alright! Let's uh, move on then? Yeah, okay. Uh... So, let's get to some game news. Some people in the chat I saw earlier were saying, David, why did you title this episode, Jury Wins Again, twice. <laughs> and that's because... In Street Fighter V, can you click on the, well, maybe you don't need to click on it. We've already shown them on screen, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the costume design contest final rankings are out now. There was a window of time in which you could like the tweet of whichever tweet had your favorite Street Fighter Five costume design. We showed them off on stream a couple of weeks ago. And in not at all, not even <laughs> a little bit of a surprise, the first entry by almost by two and a half thousand votes, no by a thousand and a half votes, was jury the one where she has the like hot legs and butt. It's the one where she's in a pose that she never takes in the game. Uh, and it's like <laughs> the sexiest drawing up here. And like obviously it won, you know. It's it's very nice in terms of like the art. Like it's hats off, artists, like it looks great. But right. uh, Anyway, that's the one that won. <laughs> Second place was the other jury. So there were two that were going to be selected. The rules are a little nebulous, but the top two are the ones that are supposed to get the the nods. Right. And so if they abide by that, that means that they're going to be two new jury costumes, rather than <laughs> any other character. Third place <laughs> was the Sakura, which was also pretty cool. That one had eighteen thousand. Oh, I should just say the numbers, right? So first yeah. place was twenty thousand four hundred votes. Second place was eighteen thousand eight hundred votes. Third place was eighteen thousand votes. So yeah. pretty close.
0: Yeah, I mean Richard had a big push for that last costume there, you know, and a yeah. lot of people tried to help him push for that as well. Uh, yeah, but
1: and it got close. Eighteen thousand is where it ended up. Fourth place, ten thousand nine hundred. Way, way behind. Way behind. Was fourth place Alex, actually. Then it was Vega, then Laura, then Zangief, then Honda, then Minat, then Mika, then Boxer, then Guile. Okay. So those are the results. I am a little surprised by some of these things. I thought for sure that the – well, I definitely thought these were the top three. No, I guess I said I thought the Vega was going to be up in – top four or so as well i thought that alex was one of the few other ones that could make top five so actually maybe i mostly did get this right but i thought that there would be maybe a little bit more for mika for example that didn't quite happen
0: yeah but instead we get hips don't lie jury and underboob jury and uh there we go so (laughs) there we go yeah
1: the thing is that they both have cool ideas in them so it's not like i'm super opposed to it you know the idea of her like having the torn, the Seth uh, little rash thing there. Yeah. The, the bison hat, like it's you know it's some cool ideas in that. And then the the jury the other jury one with the spider thing was kind of cool. We actually yeah. had a, a viewer send in a translation of yeah. the Japanese that I thought was pretty cool. Added a lot of value to to it from what I didn't know before. Very spider spider related. And also so I that, that was pretty nifty. It's also but... a
0: Japanese like kind of like the teenage gangs kind of re- like uh themed in there as well. You see a lot of uh people with that kind of costumes in fighting games because uh, or in video games because th- there is that theme in Japan of just kind of having that outfit as the like the the gang kind of outfit.
1: Right. Sakura. Yeah, the... So I thought that that was cool once I knew a little bit more about it. So I don't think that either of these costumes sucks or anything. I just think it's yeah. Maybe a bummer that they're both jury.
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, it would have been nice to give another character some love, but you know, that's 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 the way it works. So, not going to like, as you said, like none of the arts, none of the art is bad, right? I mean, both of them yeah. obviously, the art is wonderful and everything, but you know, it's just. I guess for this reason, maybe the, if they release a new balance patch, let's buff Jury a little bit more just so we can huh. see the costumes here. So, <laughs> uh,
1: All right. There's a little bit of other Street Fighter V news. It is one of the free games in this month's PlayStation Plus. So you can go in if you're a subscriber for PlayStation Plus and you can play SF5 for free. Now, that is not Champion Edition, that's Street Fighter Five, okay. So you're not going to have access to all the characters or all the stages. Costume My understanding season. is that you still will be able to play online, and that the characters that you have access to are patched, like they they're up to date.
0: Right. Uh huh.
1: But you just you don't have any of the you don't have the new stuff. So
0: right.
1: If you are curious, check it out. I don't know if you're somebody who's watching this show. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say. Five, <laughs> five. Then maybe now's your time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Capcom also announced that Tokyo Game Show 2020 will have some Street Fighter V news in it. Okay. They haven't really said what the specifics of that are. I think we can probably guess that they'll talk about Dan. Seems likely. Maybe about the other characters, too. Maybe about whatever new game mechanic could be. Who knows, right? But that'll be on September 26th at 5 a.m. Pacific time. I did the math on that. I forget so what be uh James Chen dinner hours.
0: Yeah, basically. Dude, that's not even a joke. I actually have eaten dinner around that time. I'm not even Boy. lying to you. Um but I forgot, when's that new mechanic supposed to come out? Was that supposed to come out with Dan or was that one of the later updates?
1: I think that's the Dan one. I have oh, to bring okay, it back okay. up. I mean well, I have I have our runs of show right up here so I can right. figure it out pretty quickly, I'm sure.
0: It's 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 a um, it's probably just going to be like a second super, I would imagine. Like, hey, here's a second critical art you can choose from
1: now. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a big difference either. Yeah. Let's see what we got here. Or maybe a new kind of V-reversion. Yeah, Winter 2020 will have Dan, new stage, new costume, new battle mechanic, and new battle balance. Okay, so, yeah. gotcha.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Oh, now I got to get back up to the one that we're supposed to be on today. <laughs> okay, all right. Is that it for Street Fighter Five? I think yeah. that might be it. Yes. Again, that's going to be September 26th that their TGS stuff will air. Mm-hmm. In Dragon Ball Fighters, they announced in the game itself that they will be imposing restrictions on players who deliberately oh, disconnect. Right. Yeah. And those are. We will now be imposing restrictions on players who deliberately disconnect during online matches. These players will be restricted from entering online lobbies for a set period of time, about one week. During this restricted period, players will still be able to play the game in the offline lobby. If you are unintentionally disconnecting several times, please check your internet connection settings. If a player is found to be repeatedly engaging in the above behavior, the restrictions mentioned above may become permanent for that player. I always forget. Oh, so it may just kick you out forever, ultimately. <laughs> What's the
0: current situation on, um... Like, Killer Instinct. I know they had, like, the rage quit punishing and stuff like that. Did it actually end up, like, really panning out and becoming successful and work really well? Uh... Because I remember at first, like, a lot of people would get, uh, false-positived. Uh... Oh, so Killer Instinct System is awful, actually, says Tubaware. Okay. So, because here's the thing, right? Again, it's peer-to-peer connection. So when someone disconnects, it's really kind of hard to tell who disconnected. Because if they unplug and plug back in, it's really hard to tell who disconnected. So, if you're someone who does that all the time, yeah, you'll be punished properly. Now, let's say you're Hook Gang God, and it's like, round one, fight. And you destroy the opponent's character, first character, instantly. And it's their favorite character. And they're like, well, I can't win anymore. So they disconnect on you. That's a disconnect for both players. Now, obviously, Hook Gang God's not going to do that. But the next guy he plays, he destroys their first character instantly. And the guy's like, well, screw this. Unplugs and plugs back in. And then Hook Gang God plays the third person. And the guy unplugs and plugs back in. Now Hook King God is the one that looks like the rage quitter. And so he will get put in jail. This is why Rage Quitting has never been solved in fighting games yet. Because it's so far largely unsolvable. And so that could actually get in there. That's the thing, Saint, is that they can't tell who quit. If you disconnect and plug back in and both games go, Oh, quick, talk to the server to find out who's disconnected. Well, you've already plugged your cable back in. So both of them will communicate and they're like, we're both here, who was the one who disconnected? How do you know? There is no way for the game to know who intentionally disconnected. All they know is that it's a disconnect. The only way it works is if they both play through a server, but then that will create increased input delay, game delay, et cetera, et cetera. Peer to peer is the best way to do it. So if you just get a disconnect, and then they plug back in, there's no way really for the game to tell whose internet caused that disconnect. That's the problem. So uh, there's really no way for this to be solved. So they connect to a server first, yeah, and then they make you peer to peer. That's how they all work. You all connect to the server, then they make you guys connect to each other and then the server is gone. And so then if the disconnect happens, the only way to be able to tell is that as soon as the disconnect happens, the machine pings the server as fast as it can and whichever one gets there and the other one doesn't, then you know who Rage Quit, but if you unplug and plug in right away, then they'll both try to ping it and then it will successfully ping it and then it doesn't really know. So, But no one's disconnecting from the server. This is the problem. No one is disconnecting from the server. People have to understand that once you're matched up, you go peer to peer. No one is connected to a server anymore. The server has nothing to do it. Once the match ends, they both report the results to the server at that point. But there's no way for the server to know who disconnected. That's the problem.
1: Yeah, Flutas is right. The trolls are taking notes right now.
0: Yeah, well, they do it. They've already been doing it. This is what they've been doing the whole time.
1: Quitality. (laughs) Well, we'll see how this stuff works out for Dragon Ball. We talked a lot about the Guilty Gear Strive stuff already. We talked about the Tekken stuff already. So that's actually all I got for game notes. Okay. For community news. Got some stuff. ArcRevo America Online 2020. ArcRevo America Online 2020. It's kind of funky, the way that they're doing it. So there are online regional qualifiers for each of five regions, the Northwest, Southwest, Midwest, Southeast, Northeast of the US. And the top two players for each of the games that are being played in this, which are just BB Tag and Blue Fantasy, will form a team of four, right? So two per each of those games, to represent their region at the finals. So finals has a team-based structure, which is pretty interesting. You know, I don't know that there's been a finals like this kind of format, really. That's, I don't know, interesting, if nothing else. The finals are planned for... (laughs) SoCal, December 5th, 2020, but prominently says in the little thing where they talked about it in Smash GG and then there's a little PDF you can download, prominently says in yellow highlighted text, it may be postponed or canceled. (laughs) But at least they are going to run the online stuff for Mm -hmm. sure. The regional finals will have $250 pot bonuses per game, and the finals will have $20,000 per game which comes out to for first place twenty five hundred dollars for the individuals uh right four people on each team so there you go it's kind of a interesting arrangement that they got going on the second place team gets four thousand total otherwise one thousand dollars per player the third team gets two thousand dollars total five hundred dollars per player okay. In addition, the winning region for each game will receive a trip to Japan to compete in an exhibition series against the best players in Japan. And probably again... So this whole sound pool, it might get totally blown up by the fact that definitely COVID won't be over in the United States in <laughs> early December. But, you know, we'll see how it goes.
0: <sighs> okay. What else you got?
1: Street Fighter Five. Uh, I guess I separated this just because it's maybe a little bit more community style. There are PS4 online tournaments coming. So the PlayStation has been having tournaments for a few different fighting games. There was one for Mortal Kombat, right? That's just today. In fact, they were they're keeping that up. Uh, that stuff's been going on for quite a while. They've been doing it for a few different fighting games. That is now coming into Street Fighter Five. So there are going to be. Uh, Tournament starting September 4th through October 3rd. Open qualifiers are in a Swiss tournament format, which is interesting. And the top 64 finishers per open qualifier will go to the next stage. The finals will be October 3rd in a group stage tournament format. And the winners of the monthly finals could win a share of the $1,000 prize pool. So this is cool. You know, it's on PlayStation itself. The way to sign up is a lot easier. You just sign up on events, the events tab on the console itself. It's just like hmm. built in there. So check it out. Like I said, this is stuff that they've been doing for other games already, but now Street Fighter V is going to have it as well. Okay. OK. For a couple other community things, I wanted to shout out the MK11 Champions of the Realms, which is a series that Destroyer and Caboose are putting on for Mortal Kombat 11. Nice. This is going to be an eight week long qualifier thing. There's going to be a finale afterwards. The first week starts this week, and signups I think are actually already over <laughs> for, uh, for this week, but okay, it will be okay. continuing over the next eight weeks, like I said. There's got a Machirino for it. There's going to be a $150 top three weekly payout and a $1,000 top eight finale. So they've definitely got some support for this, which is awesome. So shout outs to them for putting this together. Find more info, Destroyers, at Twitter, at DestroyerFGC. And then another thing I wanted to shout out was what Damascus has been doing on his stream. He's been doing this for a while as well. We just haven't talked about it. Uh, Super Wednesday is something that he's been doing, where he has exhibitions for top players in some different games come on and battle. And Mm -hmm. he's done Street Fighter. He's done Dragon Ball. I don't know if there's other stuff that he's done, but I've definitely seen at least those two. Okay. And, for example, last week he had... Like Hurricane versus Luffy, and Momi versus Afi, and Mr. Crimson up there, and there's a bunch of different players who get involved. So check that out. His Twitch is twitch.tv slash ZDamascus. So good work.
0: Uh, to beware, that's actually not true. I will not be streaming Outer Wilds tomorrow. Uh, I'll probably be moving it to Thursday uh i've been tasked to do wednesday night fights again tomorrow so i'll be doing uh wednesday night fights tomorrow just as a just as an inform just as an fyi i'll
1: be moving it to thursday so let's talk about some cool stick innovations can you put these on the internet sure so we did talk about the paradise arcade shop one the m press it <laughs> is finally available for pre-order this is that very thin hitbox style layout that they have designed that we saw back in Evo 2019, I guess it was, Yeah. that they've been working on for quite a while. They are finally doing pre-orders for that.
0: Dude, my favorite thing about this stick is that when we talked about it the last time on our show, I had worried about its durability and whether or not that it could, like, was it going to snap in half in your luggage or whatever? And the guys actually saw that. And they sent us a video of them putting it, like, in between, like, blocks and having nothing under it and, like, standing on it. Yep. And it lasted. They drove over it with a car.
1: <laughs> they fit right under the wheel and drove over it, yep.
0: yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, they actually... Did a bunch of tests and it showed out that it was very durable. So, shout outs to them!
1: (laughs) I think that's awesome, yeah.
0: But this would be again, so
1: this is now available for pre order. Yeah,
0: an excellent traveling stick as well. Just don't have to worry about the joystick jutting out. It's super thin. You can pack it, you can probably put it in the laptop slot of any backpack. You know, it'd just be really, really nice.
1: Love it, super, super cool. Um, All right, then click on the other one, too. So Junk Food Customs is doing its own kind of idea on this, called the Snack Box Micro. And again, similar kind of idea. It's a very thin take on a hitbox style layout.
0: Okay. So here we go, same kind of thing. This is is a video here. So I'll play the video here for you guys. Yeah so putting it next to an ipad i'm assuming just to kind of give you a a look on that
1: yeah yeah. so it's quite small it's the size of a laptop as you can see pretty cool so this is from junk food customs they haven't said that it's pre-orderable yet but they are still working on it I think this is so cool. There's also, if you look underneath that tweet, uh, oh, I should have written down who this was, but there's somebody else working on it as well. Dang. I...
0: On the same tweet, you mean?
1: No. Um. Yeah, below it's some other companies that they're working on that too. Oh, man, I really should have written that down.
0: Oh, they're helping with it, basically, huh? No,
1: they're making their own also.
0: Oh, dang. Okay, okay, okay. So basically, there's like three companies making this kind of thing, then. Uh,
1: yeah,
0: Trying to see if I can see anything else here.
1: But yeah, both of them mm-hmm. have been very. Well, all right. I guess I was trying to look through their tweet here and see who had that reply, but I cannot find it now, so my bad. But I did hear about a third company who's working on this stuff too. Yeah. So this is super cool. I love the idea of it. It's a continuing evolution of the idea of what a stick can be. The way that they're doing this is that they have created their own uh, button sides, so the plunger they still use, but right. the, the like sides of a button that are... Part of why a button is like so long, so tall, I guess you would say, Uh, they're getting rid of that, and then they're using instead of anything like quick disconnects and wiring, they're just like printing a circuit board that just directly goes to everything, right? Mm -hmm. So that's just obviously a very flat way to do it, and I think that's so cool. It's such a cool idea. I've been wondering for years if there's a way to just make it so that a stick could be like the size of my little (laughs) travel (laughs) thickness. Wouldn't that be so cool? It's just so handy, but it hasn't existed and hey maybe we're getting there finally yeah and again very- it's again it
0: just goes back to i mean i love i love these things i love these things and i think it's so cool that everybody's coming up with this kind of stuff but it just all goes back to the same message that you know that uh we talked about before that You know, some people are saying, well, oh, well, then fighting games, if it's easy to do electric wing godfists on this thing, then we should limit it to only... No, no, like, we're going to come up with innovations for input devices, and I think that's great. And I think that should continue, and whatever your preference is, is what you should play on. Obviously, as long as it doesn't give you any extra macros. Every single one of these input devices has their own advantage. You know, what I mean, there's, there's, a, there's not an advantage, there's not a clear, I think, uh, you know, this one is better. It just depends on who you are. Yeah, I mean, the hitbox style is probably, you know, by, you know, by objective standards, the most effective one, but it's just not going to be the case for different people. And so to have different input devices for different people, I think is super important. So, so the next
1: one that I'm going to build, I've decided is just going to use keyboard keys. I think that's where I'm at at this point. Uh, I was playing on Street Fighter V the other day, and as I was doing stuff with Honda, my fingers, you know, you've got to spread your... I, I have 24-millimeter buttons. They're the small kind. Uh-huh, but they're uh-huh. still, like, this far apart. Why? Why aren't they this far apart? I don't know. I don't, and I thought I was thinking about it, and I was like, I just don't have a good reason for that. <laughs> why, do, why do I have to... Why should my fingers have to move around when they just don't need to?
0: Yeah, and there's definitely no reason not to try it. There's definitely no reason not to try putting it that way, right? It's, if it yeah. ends up being even so more I, comfortable. I don't, I don't want to have
1: them like quite as close as some keyboards do. Like again, this little well, guy, this—these uh-huh. are maybe too close for me, but a little bit more, I think, would be cool. I think you should. So you, should I'm still gonna a, keep you should
0: do an investigation cone suggested a while back. Is just use those missile command buttons, the little cone ones with the. <laughs> right.
1: <yeah. laughs> Great, oh, no. yeah. No, don't do that. No, definitely don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. So um, those are pretty cool, I think. Shout outs to Innovations in Sticks. Still yeah. doing a lot of cool stuff out there and there's still I'm sure a lot of cool stuff left to be done.
0: Then and... <laughs> I see what's next.
1: Can you put this on screen please? <laughs>
0: <laughs> how do you, like how do you mess up this many times? I mean, this is not the only error that they made, but uh...
1: no, it's not. No, it's not. Congratulations to six-time Evo champion Daigo Umehara, who has been inducted into the Esports Awards Lifetime Achievement Class of Twenty Twenty. No, simultaneously <laughs> Lifetime and Twenty Twenty.
0: Power to the US of 2020.
1: Is this, this is the best meme. Is
0: it's, this it's actually so a, a screenshot, or was it like a motion graphic that someone just actually took a screenshot of?
1: It's just a, this is just the video that actually Tubal where I took this screenshot. This is just a straight up screenshot. Nothing done to it. That is actually real, yeah. Right, but I, I mean, mean,
0: like, was it a motion graphic, and so it said class, and it just scrolled off or something? Of course, or was it... of course. Yeah, yeah, okay. No, okay. No, it's scrolling
1: onto the screen, and right. eventually it will uh-huh. clearly say class of 2020. Of course. But in the moment, it's just too good not to post. So anyway, congratulations to Daigo for that. That's a prestigious honor. Uh, there are also other FGC nominations for this year. Vexini for Photographer of the Year. So congrats to her on the nomination. Good luck. She won and last also, year.
0: She won last year as well, by the way. So. Yeah.
1: And Esteban for a videographer.
0: Oh, cool. OK, OK, OK. Congrats
1: That's him cool. on that nomination and good luck as well. I also wanted to give my uh, hearty good luck and congratulations to Red Bull, Louis Vuitton, BMW, MasterCard, Mountain Dew, Game Fuel, Logitech, Intel, Nike, and State Farm for their nominations as Esports Commercial Partner of the Year. Is that a real thing? Of course. It is. Congratulations again to Thorne for being nominated for Esports Journalist of the Year. So we're still doing that. Dude, if you look
0: at this, like half of this is just company logos, dude. Esports Hardware Provider of the Year, Esports Coverage Website of the Year. I mean, it's... Are these the only categories? Are these seven categories? (laughs) No, no, no.
1: no. These are the industry-related categories. There are, like, players and stuff, too. I just cherry-picked the bad part.
0: (laughs) Because I want to see what all the, the ones are here, you know? Like... What the heck? Oh, Lord. OK.
1: Uh, on air talent. Are you looking for the other nominations?
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm looking at the other categories right now. I'm just looking at the other categories
1: right. and seeing what what's over here.
0: Industry awards. For sure. oh. Anyway,
1: congratulations and good luck to, ooh, for me, it's a hard one between State Farm and MasterCard. Those are some of my favorite. Esports Commercial Partners of the Year.
0: I mean, it's just... when you, As soon as you see Esports Caster of the Year, Color, and Esports Caster of the Year, Play-by-Play, you already know that fighting game community can't do anything about that. Like, there's just... Oh, yeah, yeah. There's just nothing you can do about that because we don't so have I, those I, roles.
1: I mean, I was ripping on it on Twitter, of course, which I've done every single time this thing's been announced because the idea of it's absurd to me. But... The this time somebody who works for the company replied to me and was like, "I can't believe a lawyer would like stoop to the level of something like wishing harm on a small company that's trying to do well during COVID times or whatever some phrasing." <laughs> and uh, I mean, I certainly don't wish their company harm. You know, I mean, I hope that they do well. I don't like the idea of award shows. I've talked about that right. many times. So I just fundamentally think it's dumb. But that doesn't mean that like I wish their company harm. However, they did call it the EVO titles e- EVO. It's, not- it's just like the biggest open video game tournament in the world. It's not just fighting games. This So, you know, he got mad at me and then I was like, "Look, it's it's not you can't consider it celebratory when, like, in the tweet where you're like, Diago, congratulations, celebration time. In that same tweet, you screw up EVO. I what are you going to do?
0: What does EVO stand Sorry, for? I'm going to
1: call it EVO for real from now. It has become that in my mind.
0: E- I mean, that's part of the rebranding, right? It's just going to be EVO. That's the rebranding yeah, right there, uh,
1: yep.
0: It's going to stand for Evolution, Volution, Evo evolution. Volume
1: EVO Volume 1.
0: I told yep, you. It's, like,
1: it's going to be like it's no. the Xbox One of Evo. I told you it's, it.
0: it's it's evolution oh, one. Evolution, volution, evolution. That's what it stands for, dude. <laughs> That's what it stands for.
1: <laughs> so now I'm gonna be getting this wrong for everything in esports. For example, I'm really looking forward to the championship for D O T A two, which is T. The T, you know, the yearly T. Isn't it the I? Yes, but if you were to mispronounce that, it would be pronounced as T-E-E instead of T period I period.
0: Okay, oh, okay, gotcha.
1: (laughs) Anyway, alright, enough of this. Oh, lord. There's some upcoming stuff. For example, Street Fighter Pro JP 2020 preseason tournament pro selection is this weekend. And that's pretty cool. That's... Fun stuff. It means that the SFL itself is coming pretty soon. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a complicated situation. Four players from open tournaments, six team leaders, and two players from this pro selection are going to make up the SFL. Okay. So, uh, the, sorry, the SFL preseason tournament for 3 million yen, which is 30 ish thousand dollars. In addition, and lastly, this Friday, Angelic is doing a special charity event. It's going to be raising money for the Colon Cancer Coalition in memory of Chadwick Boseman. The way that they're going to be doing that is they're going to have a Marvel versus Capcom Infinite tournament in which everybody has to have Black Panther on their team. <laughs> I think that's awesome. That will be on Friday.
0: Genius i love it for sure I love
1: yeah it. uh i'll put that in the chat here a link and i'll put the link as well on youtube and that will be friday at 7 p.m pst his twitch is twitch.tv slash az angelic okay so there you go so yeah, that's, that's all cool. i
0: got that's actually super cool shout outs to shout outs to angelic for that yeah Okay.
1: Uh, whoops, what is happening? That's over? it, man. What's going on with you? Uh,
0: I did start playing The Outer Wilds uh, last weekend, which is a game that's hard to describe, and you don't want to describe it to anybody if you haven't played it. Have you played it before, David?
1: No, I've watched a little bit of it. I was watching it when Mean Saltine was streaming it. Oh, oh
0: okay, I, okay, I, I okay. Haven't.
1: okay. I haven't played it myself. Yeah, it's
0: one of those games that you don't want to describe to people. You want them to experience it for themselves, and it's been uh, it's been quite the, quite the thing so far for me, and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, hard, yeah. hard for me to find time to actually uh, play these games these days. I mean, I haven't played Bloodstained. Mm. I, I got close to the end, and then I just stopped playing it for like a month just because I've just been uh, doing so many other things. I really got into the whole Parsec thing, you know, researching that and everything. Uh, the Soul Calibur stuff that I've been doing on Monday has been really fun. I've been playing a lot of Soul Calibur again as a result, and oh, that game is so much fun. I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, it's so much fun. Uh, but i am also been streaming the Wednesday Night Fights a lot uh, mm-hmm. as well, uh, the pools, actually, so that's been really cool as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then, uh, yeah, hopefully on Thursday I'll be able to continue that. And then on Sunday... Uh, This week, we'll probably be doing the SYC scrimmage again uh, on Sunday. And uh, we'll try to open up to 64 people this time and see if it still caps out. But uh, so expect it to run a little bit longer, which probably means, you know, I mean, although we still owe CBATS a a match. But, you know, uh, whoever wins and stuff like that, you know, there always is the... uh, we probably won't be able to analyze it the way that I've done in the past where I've gone to the replay and, like, analyzed it moment by moment. But we can probably just play and just be like, you should do this more, you know, kind of thing like that. Or this is what I was taking advantage of because I recognized you did this kind of thing. So there you go.
1: Sounds right. Looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun this weekend. Uh, Keep an eye on my Twitter, and I'll let you guys know when the registration goes live. I'll try to make it go live a little bit earlier than a day before because a day before has been working because it it caps out, like, almost instantaneously, but, you know, I'll, I'll throw it out, like, probably on Friday, and we'll see if it caps out still at that point in time, so.
1: You got it.
0: Okay. What about you? Anything going on with you?
1: Um, what's going on with me?
0: Nope. (laughs) I mean, it's funny because, like, I've been playing so much Teppin, and, and, you know, I've just kind of come to the realization that, you know, where I kind of stand is about around, like, a 1,750 points, 1,800 points kind of player. Uh, The top player in Japan uh, got to 2,300 which is just ridiculous because already when you're at, like, 2,100, when you win, you get, like, 1 point, 2 points. And when you lose, you lose, like, 30 points. It's just like trash box. Like, how the hell do you even get to that many points, you know, when you yeah, win? you good
1: and you're grinding an incredible amount.
0: Yeah, oh, so uh, it's been wild out there. So, you know, me getting, hey, stop it, Nathan, bad cat. Um, so me getting to about 1750 points, like I, ah, I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong. I'm trying to figure it out and I feel like I'm terrible and I feel like I'm bad at the game. I mean, that's top 2,500 in the world, but you know, like I still feel like I'm, I'm doing weak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man.
1: That's how it goes. you want to be good?
0: I get it. Yeah. I mean, and shout outs to Kyle P as well. I know he did really well. He's trying to get into worlds as well and he's he's just absolutely a monster at this game. I mean, he the deck that he played with uh to get to his score, uh, a Japanese player took it and then everybody copied it and it's now like the most popular deck out there. So like Kyle awesome. has one of the strong has basically created one of the strongest decks out there that everybody uses. So that's super cool. Um, yeah, Kyle P is ridiculous cool. at this game. He's he's nuts, dude. So heard. He has gotten he got above twenty two hundred for the first time this season. So uh, that was one of his goals. He has never been able to get over twenty two hundred, and he managed to do it this time. So wow. congrats to him. But again, Definitely, you, you yeah. lose one match, and then woo, it's all gone, and you're like, and it's it, that's the thing that's crazy to me because there's so much of this game that's RNG. A lot of times I just run into dead hands where I just can't do anything where the opponent gets this god hand and it's just like, you just get destroyed and you're just like, well, they pulled every card they needed right there and then and had the perfect order. But then you got these people who do get the 2300. So obviously, RNG is not a huge factor to them. (laughs) And so you're like, what in the world are these people even doing? And it's just... It's wild, man, and I'm using the same deck as Kyle P, and he's got the 2200, and I can't get there, and it's like, it's crazy, man. These people are nuts at these games. It's, it's wild, and it's so hard for me to grasp as a fighting game player to, to, to accept having that kind of bad draw kind of thing because it's not like a, uh, you, when you're using a low-tier character. You have all your tools there. You know what's available to you, so you know what your limitations are but when you get a bad RNG draw, like, you literally just have nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's really hard, but I guess if you play enough, you've seen that bad draw in that way enough times that you have an alternate plan to be able to get around it to do something different, and that's what I don't have the uh, experience. Yeah, Zygon, uh, Kyle has made it into the top 30 many times, many times. He's just never made it over 2,200. Uh, which would be around top 10. And in order to get enough points for Worlds, he would have to have finished last month at over 2200, and I believe he did. I believe he did, so. All right. Yeah, and that's a tough thing about uh, this game in particular, Old Onyx. You know, TCG advice, build more draw, right? So yeah, obviously, you want to build decks that have the ability to draw into different varieties. The problem is you're limited to 30 cards in this game, and it's a really small number. And like I said, I'm using the exact same deck that Kyle is using, (laughs) and I'm getting my ass whooped by a lot of things. And so clearly it's not the RNG that's the problem. (laughs)
1: It doesn't sound like you're getting beat up too much if you're as high up as you are.
0: Yeah, I know, but it's just like God, I want to be better than than, than 1750 you know?
1: Yeah I
0: hear you. Olaf got into the top 100 You know, he got into the top 100 At one point in time during the season But uh, cool. I think he finished Outside of it, but it's just like God, this game is uh, stressful <laughs> I've
1: been playing a lot of Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and K.I. Okay. I mean, I've still been playing each of those games. Uh, I'm not playing them on stream every day, but... Well, I, I have been streaming re- regularly. I mean that I'm not rotating them constantly, but yeah. I have been definitely keeping up. Okay. still trying to improve at each of those, which has been fun. Uh, I've been watching a bunch of speedruns with my wife, which has been a lot of fun. We both are enjoying that. Oh,
0: cool. Okay, okay. Yeah, for me, yeah. fighting game-wise, it's just been mostly Soul Calibur. I've just been playing that on Mondays, right. and it's just... Yeah, like I said, I mean, I, I, it's it's hard because I only play it once a week, and so, like, my improvement, I'll improve, but then I forget a bunch of stuff, and then I improve, yeah. and then I forget a bunch of stuff, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I need to play it more often, but the problem is the netcode is so bad that the only way to really play it is through the Parsec thing, you know, so... Makes it kind of hard to learn. Plus, I still want to set up Undernight and Guilty Gear for this kind of situation as well. And so uh, I just haven't had a chance to because it's just hard to find the days to do it now. I mean, it's, it's not a terrible reason because obviously Tuesday, I've got the Tuesday show. Wednesday, I'm doing Wednesday Night Fights actually a lot now. And Thursdays, I've got the Generation Spacing podcast with Tubo. Um, and so, you know, a lot of the nights are, are are taken up, and now I've got to find room to squeeze in uh, outer wilds as well. So <laughs> yeah, sounds good. And, uh, uh, it's tough. And you know, if I actually woke up at a decent time, maybe I could stream, you know, twice a day. But we'll, yeah, you probably should. Uh, we'll see if I can actually do that.
1: Uh, yeah, I've still been playing Rocket Arena. I haven't actually played in the past week. Maybe it's a little bit longer than that now. Uh, I've just been doing mostly work over the past week, and that's been good, actually. So I haven't had quite as much gaming time, and I tend to prioritize playing fighting games if I have gaming time, so that's what I've been (laughs) doing there. Uh, What kind of games has she played? Uh, My wife, that is. Um, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but she played games when she was young, like everybody did, Uh and then... When advertising started to make it seem like like video games were for boys and not for girls, she started to drop out of it. And so there's like the level where I think she played like early N64 stuff. So like she's, you know, Mario, mm. Mario Kart, like, like early stuff. Um, but after that, no. So we've been watching speedruns for games that are like that era and earlier, yeah. which has been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and, you know, you can't blame her, dude, because that's literally what they did. They isolated the market. They
1: They absolutely
0: did. I mean, when you look at old, like, Atari 2600 ads, when you look at old arcade flyer ads for arcade cabinets. They always had pictures of a guy and a girl at an arcade cabinet playing these games, you know? And then at some point in time, it's like, oh, let's make everything violent, gross, and let's have bikini-clad women everywhere, and then you just isolated the market. and That's just all it comes down to. Overcooked is actually really fun. I wonder if she would actually enjoy that. She would hate the simplified recipes, but I think the two of you would actually have a lot of fun playing that. I played that with my with one of my friends, uh, and dude, it was comical to say the least because we kept accidentally screwing each other up and stuff. It's it's really actually funny. It's a fun mm-hmm. game. And uh, shout, outs right, to, uh, we'll shout outs to shout uh, outs to Sarah Death in the chat. He says there's too many options. Uh, uh, at the end of the last soul cal distancing uh, session, he and I played uh, like. Five six games in a row of Killik versus Siegfried because Siegfried destroys me and I hate that okay. character. He's my he's th- that's my demon in that game, and so he helped me learn that. Uh, he helped me learn that matchup a lot better. So oh, shout-outs cool. to him. That's that great. was actually super cool and super fun matches that we had. So uh, uh,
1: yeah. so we watched we watched uh, a speed run of Invictus, the extremely extremely hard. Uh, Mario ROM hack.
0: Oh, okay, okay, got it, got it, got it.
1: And uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. And then she was like, hey, why don't you download that? Like, let's give it a try. So <laughs> we, we did. And I played it for probably 20 minutes, and I did not make it past the first room for sure. Maybe a, maybe one and a half jumps. I was just, like, doing it over and over and over. I just, it's
0: just beyond my <laughs> <laughs> Because, I mean, they force you to do some of those, like, crazy, like, those wall jumps and stuff like that in a lot of the matches, right? Or the...
1: This one is just really precise. I mean, you have to know for for just the start. The very first thing of the game is you get launched out of a pipe and you have to know how to extend your jump. And then you have to have a super precise jump after that. And you have to go into a pipe immediately after that. And you have to have the exactly right time in the <laughs> air to press forward to get into the pipe. Like, it's just really hard. It's just super hard. <laughs> Uh, it'd be awesome. Anyway, it's been fun. Okay, all right, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, thanks for everybody for tuning in. And uh, like I said, uh, obviously David will be streaming on this channel a bunch in the mornings. Uh, yes. And then also on Sunday we will be having the SYC scrimmage. Uh, on my stream, twitch.tv/jchensor, I'll be doing the uh, Wednesday night fights tomorrow. Uh, I'm trying to find the right time for this, but I'll be streaming some Tepin again, trying to get back into champion and uh, to get some advice. But I'll also be giving out a bunch of codes for Volta X as well. Uh, another game made by Gung Ho. really interesting game. I don't even know how to describe it. I don't even know how to describe it. Like, okay, it's kind of role-playing actiony. Like you literally control a robot attacking another robot, but you do so by having rooms in the robot. That you do attacks with, but you have like three pilots in the rooms, and you have to move them from room to room to actually like put out fires when the opponent attacks those rooms, like the arm cannon. And then, like, if they're in the room when you do the attack, you do a super attack. So you're like moving them around, and then, you... dude, it's like crazy. It's actually super interesting. So, <laughs> but there you go. So, all right, man. Uh, sounds pretty
1: wild. Well. All right. But thanks, guys, for oh, thanks in. watching, everybody. I hope you all have a good rest of your week.
0: Yep. Stay safe out the way, there.
1: I ask me on Twitter if they have to wait until after we put out the tweet asking for 5-5 five, five matchup topic discussion submissions to submit their topic. Uh-huh. And no, you can just send it in whenever. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can reply below. Yeah. And we'll put that in the poll for the next week. Or if you'd like to tweet at T V anytime. I'll put it in there
0: okay um yeah also stay safe out there everybody wear a mask the sooner you put on a mask the sooner we stop telling you to put on a mask and uh black lives matter and uh stay safe everyone out there and uh cancer sucks so see you guys
1: later